Everyone and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Brittany Brombacher, joined by the one, the only, the magnificent, the studly, Christine Seimer. Oh my god, I'm just going to bring you with me everywhere so you can introduce me to people. Baby girl, I live to lift you up. <laughs> I live to lift you up with the Steinbachers are back. Motherfucking Steinbachers are back, and we're probably going to have some technical issues during this episode because I am, I have everything set up on this new computer, which is great, but everyone knows trying to do your like old setup on a new computer, sometimes it doesn't work out that great. Yep. So, yeah, you're probably going to hear Steinbacher be like, bitch, you're frozen again, because it's happened quite a bit. Yes. And when, yeah, and when that does happen, I'll just have to do my little like sorcery. <laughs> have the Kazoon tight. Thank you, thank you. You just, you'll just sneeze. I just sneeze because it's, I don't know, it's a little dusty in here, I guess. Oh, no, Zers. I mean, you can't see, but you do have a lot of food on your kitchen back there. I do. Uh, yeah, I'm clearing out my cabinets, so. Good for you. Getting on that healthy choo-choo train? Trying. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrea. I don't know why I almost said ah, Andrea. That was weird. She is an LA host. Did she talk about what she's doing in LA? Okay, no. I didn't think so. She's in LA doing a thing, and she's kicking lots of ass. So it's Stammer and I holding down the shit. Now there's a lot of swearing, and we're only like a few episode, a few minutes into this episode. I know we got to we got to rein it in a little bit. Got to rein it in just a little bit. We're feeling we got our sassy pants on today. It's it's been a week. But speaking of, it's been a week. Pax West is this week. It's kind of yeah. hard to believe. Oh my god. So here's what we have going on. This Thursday, August 29th, around 5 p.m.-ish. Well, I guess this doesn't matter because this is going to be over by the time uh, this yes. episode goes live. So you missed it. Congratulations. So you missed it. Sorry, you missed our Patreon streams. But if you go to patreon.com slash what's good games, you can watch the archives there and it'll be great. And then we have our PAX West party. We're calling it Life is Strange 2 presents Relax at PAX with What's Good Games. It's going to be awesome. It's Friday, August 30th, 7 to 10 p.m. at Art Marble 21. The first 100 people get a free ticket on us. There's going to be food. Are we bribing you? Maybe. Who Possibly. Possibly. It's all ages until 9 p.m., at which point it does become 21 and over. We're going to have some fun giveaways and we'll be there hanging out. And so will people from the team. So come by, hang out, have a drink, socialize. It'll be great. And then on Saturday, we are playing Dungeons and Dragons at the Sheraton from 3 to 6 p.m. If you want to stop by and say hi, watch us make asses of ourselves. This is the same campaign we've been playing for a while, isn't it? Steimer? Uh, I actually am unsure because that campaign was run by people in PAX East. And I don't know if they are making the trek over to PAX West or they if are. we are. Oh, they are. Yeah, it's Craig again. Yeah. Oh, well then, yeah. Probably we'll do another one shot with the same characters, but a, a different storyline. Am I frozen again? 
you are you've been for a few minutes but i just didn't i i feel like we can't interrupt the show every two minutes to say that you're frozen oh i don't know so what's maybe happening. you should just put like an ms paint up art on the youtube video to cover your face well thing is i'm not frozen in obs it's only on skype but you're seeing oh if it's just me seeing it that's fine i'll we'll look at your frozen beautiful face oh thanks baby girl okay so yes um D D saturday three to six of the sheraton we already have enough players but you're still more than welcome to come by and say hi and watch us yeah, crawl just, shit. you know, there's usually a small crowd. I don't know why, but people seem to enjoy it. So it's fun. If you're it's one of those people. Come on down. Come on down. And then on Sunday, September 1st at 7 p.m., it's What's Good Games Live. We are going to be talking about things that we are playing. We're going to be taking questions from the audience and it will be live streamed. I don't think we have that Twitch stream link yet. But when we do, we'll post about it at Twitter, which is what's good underscore games. Hope you can stop by and say hi. And then Andrea is hosting two amazing panels. She's hosting the Life is Strange panel at 12 p.m. on Friday, the Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds panel, 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. And she's competing in the inner website tournament for the Pear Schneider Cup Saturday at 8 p.m. Yes. So come by, support a girl doing her thing. Oh my God, I'm so out of breath. Yeah, I mean, that was a lot of pack stuff. I know. Also, I need, I forgot to get our Patreon producers. It's, it's been a thing, ladies and gentlemen. So Sam, why don't you entertain it's the children? It's been a day. Why don't I go ahead and, and welcome the new people to our Patreon community? Thanks. Um, so we have Victor and Laura. Thank you. Chewie's godson. Jacob Irinesi. I don't know how to say your last <laughs> name. I'm so sorry. Jesse Shepard. Suzanne Russell. Jose Ambrosio. Uh, Rob Plays Games. Matt Robinette. Jessica. Jessic? That's an interesting name. Jessic Storm, Nathan Watkins, Patsy Taggart, Ren Vogel. I don't Ooh. know how to say your last name either. But uh thank you for joining our Patreon community. We very much appreciate it. And, and we uh, wanna hope you have a good time. Yeah, and I got my producers up in the nick of time, Steimer. We got Alex Rogopoulos, Chewie's godson, David Icolucci, Ferris Etier. Sorry, I'm really bad at that, and Mohammed Mohammed. Uh, Chewie's godson. That's actually a very good friend of mine. And Chewie is, I'll go into this real quick. Chewie is a nickname he calls me because when I first met Jason, Jason's name for me was Bomb Chew because he couldn't remember how to pronounce my last name, Brombacher. So he oh. turned Brombacher into Bomb Chew, which got shortened to Chewie. And so that's, oh, I thought now. it was like Chewbacca. So this makes, <laughs> you know, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Cyber. I appreciate the positive reinforcement. All right. Let's get into the news. But before we do that, we have a special offer from Fleur. We all knew scent is closely linked to memory, and I feel like when it comes to some of my favorite summer memories, that's definitely the case. For example, the smell of freshly cut grass transports me back to when I was a little child and I became a recluse and hung out in my bedroom all summer long while my parents worked very hard in uh, the lawn, in the yard, and did all those adult things while I played Harvest Moon and Final Fantasy IX all summer. It's amazing to me that your freshly cut grass memory is linked to you being inside. I know. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the epitome of... It's just you. It's like you in a nutshell. It's that. It's me. So now you can create your own special summer memories with a perfect fragrance from Fleur. That's P-H-L-U-R. Now, Steimer. Yes. We've talked about your scent and how good you smell all the time on the show. And sometimes the, the conversation can get a little creepy. But why don't you tell the kids about <laughs> <laughs> your scent? <laughs> yeah. No. So uh, even before Fleur was a sponsor of this show, I actually found them myself and I purchased 
Um, the Senciano, actually, I purchased everything from them myself, uh, without a discount. So. Hey, if they want to send me like a free bottle, I wouldn't say no. Um, so I actually like have my little travel guy here that I, again, bought myself. It's really old and it's like scratched up at this point, but, um, I take it with me everywhere. Pretty much Ciano smells really good on me. It works well with my body chemistry. Um, people, you and Andrea always compliment me and like, so does everybody else. So I feel like whenever you get that sort of positive reinforcement, you are more inclined to wear the thing. Um, so it's just, it's a really nice scent. It's not too overpowering. Um, but it kind of lingers, which is what I like. Cause I'm lazy and I don't want to reapply perfume all day, every day. So I just like that Ciano has a bit of weight to it and it sticks around. Mm-hmm. And it's confirmed. If, if you go to PAX this weekend and you see Steimer, you know, she's the best smelling please, thing in the room. Please ask before you like smell me. Cause don't just like, no. come up. And uh, yeah. Smell me. I was not going to open that door. I was like, okay, she's good. the best smelling thing in the room. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get all up in her grill. Yeah, please don't. You should, you should never do that. You should always just ask people. <laughs> anyway, Fleur makes great smelling clean and sustainable fragrances. Every Fleur scent is for anyone. All that matters is what you like. And unlike other fragrance companies, Fleur is transparent and discloses every ingredient and why it's there. Make new scent memories with Fleur. Go to Fleur.com today to use promo code what's good to get 20% off of your first custom Fleur sample set. Pick three scents to try and get credit toward a full size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code what's good at Fleur.com to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off P-H-L-U-R dot com. That's promo code what's good at Fleur.com to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. Man, that's hard to say that. It's a tongue twister. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at that. I'm like, how am I going to do it? But I did it. You did. So we have a, I guess before we get into the news, let's kind of talk about what this show is going to look like as we do things today. So we're going to go over the news as normal. And then the second segment is going to be all about our hands-on impressions uh, of games that the embargoes all released this week. And I think one released last week. And then our third segment is going to be the Fire Emblem spoiler cast, Three Houses. So obviously it's a spoiler cast. So you might want to stay far, far away from the third segment if you're still playing that game and you don't want everything ruined for you. Yes, we will obviously, gonna, like, we, will, uh, we will remind you. So yeah. if you're like, oh, okay, whatever, and then like it starts to approach and you find yourself still listening to it, turn it off if you don't want things spoiled. <laughs> we'll yell at you, like Samer said. Yes. Okay, so let's get into this first news topic. What's this accent? I don't know. What I don't this? know. Do you want me to take this one or the you, next one? <laughs> you can take this one, Samer. Okay, it's real All weird, right. y'all. Let's get into <laughs> let's it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Uh, two people who didn't work at Telltale Games say they're bringing back Telltale Games. So this story comes to us from Kotaku. Telltale Games is back. Uh, well, at least the name is. A group of investors announced plans today to revive the iconic studio, which shut down last September. Although the company's staff having scattered to the winds, this seems like less a revival and more like one of Clementine's enemies. Oh, get oh. It? it's a zombie reference. If you yeah. have no idea who Clementine is, she's in The Walking Dead. Um, Today, Jamie Atelier is how I'm going to say that name. Uh, it might not be correct, but that sounds great. And Brian Waddle, which is a great name. Uh, two men who did not work at Telltale Games told press that they had secured the rights to the company's name and some of its licenses and that they will be reviving the company in Malibu, California. Uh, the original Telltale was located in San Rafael, California, which is all the way at the tippy top sort of of the state near San Francisco. Um, Atelier's background is in mobile licensed development like Duck Dynasty and Power Rangers, while Waddle worked at the outsourcing company Virtuos and the physics software maker Havoc. 
The money for this venture is coming from a publisher called Athlon Games, a subsidiary of the Chinese video game holding company Leiu, as well as a group of executives who have worked for game publishers like Rebellion and Starbreeze. Uh, so in other words, a bunch of people are taking a familiar beloved name and slapping it on something brand new. Uh, Telltale Games, of course, was the company responsible for the critically claimed adventure games like The Walking Dead and Tales from the Borderlands before unexpectedly closing in September 2018. Now, Stickler Me is going to say they weren't super early they weren't really adventure games but that's fine um <laughs> and what about the people who worked at the old telltale games polygon spoke to atelier who told them and uh kotaku was quoting polygon here so we got a quote and a quote and a quote um that quote some workers from the original telltale games will be offered freelance roles with full-time positions possible in the future now if that doesn't sound like a deal i don't know what does <laughs> Uh, that was me inserting myself into this story. Anyways, um, continuing on. Of course, given that Telltale staff were all unceremoniously fired last September without severance and were left scurrying to find new jobs, many of them have already gone elsewhere. But it's nice to know that those who didn't find employment or are looking to return to the shambling corpse oh, of Telltale, spicy story, uh, yeah. may find full-time positions possible in the future. Uh, Telier also told Polygon they plan to resell some of the old Telltale games, many of which have been delisted from digital stores, and try to continue making new ones. It remains unclear just how many of Telltale's staff will work with this new company in Malibu. Headlines across the internet this morning have declared that Telltale Games is back. But as always, it's important to remember that brands do not make video games. People do. And this reboot of Telltale Games has enough red flags to set off a rodeo. Well, admittedly, when I pulled this story, I did not realize it was so spicy. This is a spicy article this from Kotaku. I also article. added a dabble of my own spice in there. Um... But yeah, I mean, they're not wrong for the spice. I would say I'd say the spice is fairly earned. Maybe not yeah. from these particular people because they had nothing really to do with the initial shutdown. However, the fact that they are trying to like repoach workers from before with only freelance positions and just like maybe we'll actually give you a real job in the future is sort of shit. And like maybe they're just doing that because of funding and like the venture is not quite off the ground yet. I'm hoping that that is more of the case versus them being scumbags, but I really don't know much about these people, so I can't make that call. Yeah, I had heard that the goal is for them to remain small in the first like six months to a year or something. It was it was right around that time frame. So I think you're right. Uh, it's it's interesting. I can think I can see both sides of this. Obviously, to start up a new game studio in today's day and age, right? It's it's hard to break the mold and it's hard to establish yourself. So to get a name like Telltale, I think that can. I, I don't think the brand is so much tarnished as as much as it is the people how they were treated. You yeah, know, the, the inner politics of the of the brand. I think everyone really loved Telltale and wanted to see them succeed. Succeed, and obviously, what happened to them is super unfortunate. So, from a branding perspective, it totally makes sense why you would want to take that name. On the other hand, I understand the salt that former employees would be feeling, and IGN has an article up where they actually talked with a few, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, employees there. So this is via IGN. A former manager at Telltale who wished to remain anonymous revealed to IGN that Otulier, or however you said it, and LCG Entertainment purchased the rights to Telltale this past spring. Quote, it was a yard sale. Jamie picked up the Warner IP and brand name. The new entity could now legally reactivate the licenses with the IP holder's blessings. 
Um, however, IGN has learned that certain licenses previously held by Telltale have reverted back to the original IP owners. Quote, Minecraft went to Microsoft, Marvel went back to Marvel, The Walking Dead went to Skybound. However, WB licenses like Batman and The Wolf Among Us, an original Telltale IP like Puzzle Agent, can be reactivated by Telltale. Our aforementioned source says that WB likely blessed Batman and The Wolf Among Us for the sale to go through to LCG Entertainment. So at the very least, we know that now new Telltale can work on those IPs. Interesting. And then someone said here, former developers, a quote, because you get two sides of the spectrum. And so here's one. Of course, well, I think yeah. it's great if this means the games are made available again. And even better, if this means people who were affected by the layoffs can find work again, as some still haven't. It definitely won't be the telltale that was there before the closure. It's been too long now and a lot of people have moved on. And then you have former Telltale employee Carolyn Liddick, who says, quote, Telltale Games isn't coming back. A company bought our assets. I'm still working through the trauma of our company closing, and I am missing my friends every day. So. All right. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, I think the one thing that people maybe get a little too invested in or think a little too narrowly on is the fact that, like, most people, again, do not know anything that happened with Telltale. A lot of people will not know this story. They will see the name Telltale on a game. They will go to Steam. They will go wherever. They'll just buy it. Like, they will have literally no idea of that the studio even maybe shut down if they were just not Mm -hmm. paying attention at that particular moment in time. Um, And so I I think that's also another element to really think about is, like, yes, they bought this brand. And you may be like, why would you even do that? And why would you bother zombifying this thing? And the answer is brand recognition. And to the average player they don't know all of this um you people listening to this show are among the few people who keep informed about things that happen in the game industry there's a lot more of you out there who well number one don't listen to this show or any show about video games it's so true i think we forget how much of in a bubble we really are yeah you know i i often forget how many hundreds of millions of people play video games maybe even billions at this point i can't keep track of this shit sure but it's like how, you're right like people don't pay attention to this stuff because they just want to play their video games and remain ignorant to all the politics of it like smart people yeah they're just like look i just want to play this game <laughs> yeah cool it says telltale on it therefore it's probably something that maybe i maybe i once played walking dead the beginning and then i stopped for a long time and then maybe i see something new pop up and i'm like oh maybe i'll I'll try that um now whether or not the quality is there and whether or not you keep returning anymore or if the name sort of gets tarnished with whatever their new projects are remains to be seen i i mean i would still love to see the more of the wolf among us if oh yeah i was actually when you said that that was one of the ip they still technically have i was like thank god because like they were working on it and then the whole um, i still can't believe that that was so crazy how fast it closed down and how poorly managed it all seemed i was just like what the blank what the blank what the blankety blank we're gonna try to keep it clean because i have swore enough in this podcast yeah i feel like we've hit our pg-13 rating already (laughs) i know definitely but yeah i mean obviously you know we want to see this work out if I mean, I understand why some people, like I said, are, are a little like apprehensive and a little salty about it. But I think if, you know, the games that Telltale was making can continue to thrive because I don't feel like there's a lot of games like that made, you know, anymore. There's a few, but yeah, I do oh, think that right. that part of the reason it closed though was the gameplay itself, at least was not, it needed, enough. it needed shit. to be updated. It needed, it needed a, a refresher. Um, so I think if they are literally just copy pasta 
what they were working working on before, I don't think it'll work. No, they, I agree. They need to modernize some of that stuff. Yes. I almost said S-H-I-T, but I didn't. I'll see how long that lasts. It's not going to last very We'll long. try. <laughs> we'll try. All right, let's move on to World of Warcraft Classic. Here's the story from Kotaku as well. Over a million people are watching World of Warcraft Shouldn't Classic. Shouldn't it be more than a million? What do you mean? Shouldn't it be more than a million? Not over a million? Oh, Probably. Are you, are you being like I'm being I'm being grammatic butthead. A grammar not No 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 that's that's good. We need more of you in our life trust me with I don't even know if that's you. correct. I think it is. I feel like people yell at me all the time about over versus more than but it's fine. Oh really? Oh shoot. Man. Oh man, that was a lot of life I was not aware of. So again, <laughs> this comes from Kotaku. After two years of anticipation, wow, has it been that long? Wow Classic is finally live. Top streamers from every corner of Twitch are streaming it right now, resulting in an audience of over one million or more than a million concurrent viewers <laughs> in some seriously congested starter areas. As of this writing, I believe this went live today or yesterday, so either Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. As of this writing, the Slavin Horde of the the Slavin Horde of the Horde and Alliance Fans topped out at 1.1 million people. That's a colossal number for a single game on Twitch. For reference, Fortnite has been recently pulling between 100,000 and 200,000 concurrent viewers at any given moment. It's rare that even big esports events brings this kind of attention to a single game. Even more impressively, WoW Classic pulled in the majority of these viewers while streamers were waiting to be able to log in. For example, by the time he was able to join a server, popular WoW streamer as Mongold was already at more than 200,000 viewers. Other popular streamers like Soda Poppin and Shroud, the latter of whom hasn't traditionally been much of a WoW streamer, has attracted similarly gargantuan gaggles of gawking spectators. I love they that. Mu- they must have had a good time writing that sentence. Yeah, I know. I had a good time saying it. So too has Top WoW Guild Method, which is hosting an event where various personalities and high-end level players race to be the world's first players to compete or basically everything. It's comical to watch, but also frustrating since enemies are having a hard time spawning quickly enough to keep up with demand, and the game is hitching and lagging in great heaving bursts. Meanwhile, players who haven't made it in just yet are reporting hour-long server queue times. There's more to this article, um, but I kind of like copied and pasted some stuff that was more relevant to what we were going to talk about. And then we have some additional info from Digital Trends, just kind of more about like what WoW Classic is. So... As far as price, World of Warcraft World of Warcraft Classic doesn't cost anything up front. However, you need to have an active WoW subscription to, pe- to play. Subscriptions are $15 a month, and if you already are a current WoW subscriber, you're good to go. A subscription covers both Modern WoW and Classic. World of Warcraft Classic rewinds time back to 2006. This means it takes place prior to even the first expansion, The Burning Crusade, while originally launched in 2004. Combat is slower, more methodical, and generally more dangerous. Movement across the map takes much longer than modern WoW. Additionally, quests are more straightforward with less chance of happenstance occurrence occurring mid-run. You also have to meander a bit to find out where you're going to prepare for more backtracking. So basically, it's much more of a slog is what they're Yeah, I mean, that's, they're saying. that's why I've never... I mean, I don't quite understand the fascination with stuff like this because to me, I'm like, but the game wasn't... I mean, sure, some of it was probably more fun... There's, I don't know that it is. I feel like this is all rose-colored glasses shit. Oops, we screwed it up already. Um, but <laughs> like, it's just like, oh man, wasn't it great before when X? And I'm like, was it great? Was it great that it was way slower? Was it great that all the quests were fetch quests? Was it great? What was it great? Like, uh, I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, 
yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's hard, right? Obviously, I think with everything and anything, it's really exciting right now. WoW is still very, very large. And it's gonna, obviously, the popularity will diminish slowly over time. I think you're still gonna have your cult core people who are gonna play this. But right now, like you said, everyone, it, I admit, I was definitely in WoW Classic the same day it launched. Cause I, I used to play WoW a ton and it kind of over time became a little bit too much of a grind. I didn't like how the character class, the character creation and the skill tree was so straightforward. It got a little too boring for me. So I stopped playing, but I started playing in 2009, 2009 is when I first started WoW. So three years after WoW Classic, technically. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my God, there's a bug. What's up with me and like bugs like being, oh, actually it was just a fuzzy. Never oh, mind. well, that's good. I thought it was, it was, Plot I thought twist. it was Bartholomew. No, it's a bug. Definitely a oh, bug. It's not my, ah, it's not my microphone. Oh my God. It just okay, wants sorry. to be friends. Oh God, no. No, it's so bad. Okay. Anywho, yeah, so WoW Classic. So I wanted to hop back in and relive the nostalgia. And it was kind of fun, actually. I hopped in and my cousin was playing, who I haven't talked to in a couple of years, just because, like, he's over there, I'm over here. Yeah. So it was kind of fun. It was like, oh, hey, dude. And so what I hope I can do once PAX is over is hop back in, play with my aunt and my cousins, because that's how we all did it back in the day. Totally. I definitely see it as being, like, a quick, fun nostalgia trip, especially with if you have friends that you used to play with or like a, an old guild and you're like, Hey, you know what? I haven't played this in a really long time. Maybe I'll hop back in. Um, but otherwise to me, I don't, I feel like obviously wow has gotten to a place where it's much more refined. Um, and they fixed a lot of the shit that was really annoying about it. So oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, you did. You hop in and it's like, okay, where do I go? And there's no quest markers. There's nothing like that. There's yep. nothing. And yep, it's like, yeah. I, I guess I could see how it would be. A, again, I think this is one of those things where I would, be okay with it for a little bit and then i would immediately fizzle out and i'd be like goodbye yeah i I don't know how long i'll play i i was kind of hoping to hop in and feel like this spark of of nostalgia and love like rush into me that's what she said but yeah it didn't but if you know if my aunt my cousins are playing i'll um definitely hop in but did you see that people were like literally creating lines to get quest items no. It's like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, because I mean, generally, you know, you have just like a few gaggle of players, and they yeah. want to get like you spam the thing, you get yeah, it the instances, off. yeah, 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 yeah. But no, like if you Google it at some point, you have to see it. There's literal like lo- people were lining up. They're all like, queuing, all queuing. Yeah, and they were just like scooting up one by one to get this item, and people are like, oh my god, ch- people were yelling in chat like, no cutting, hey, get to the back of the line, and it was it was pretty. Was funny. it on a PvP server? Could you kill the people who cut? Oh, I don't know. That'd be funny. That would be funny. Um, cool. But yeah, that sounds really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think there's a lot of people I know who are also playing WoW Classic. They seem to be having a great time. So yeah. if you are somebody who once played WoW and were like, oh, I forgot that this, this is actually out now, like, uh, maybe actually wait a tiny bit just so that yeah. the server population goes down and it won't be as insane. Um, I know they're creating a whole bunch of new servers, and or at least they were, and wait times were pretty ridiculous. I actually didn't have that bad of a time. I had like a 20-minute queue, but I'm oh, in a not-so-popular server. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, enjoy enjoy your time wandering down the memory lane and saying what you find there. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. Girl. All right, now time for the greatest story to ever hit the internet ah! um, that I totally missed and I was very excited about to see on the rundown today. Uh, Disney Classic Games Collection brings Aladdin, The Lion King, <gasps> to console, and PC this fall. 
get wrecked. All right, Polygon is bringing us this story. Two classic video games from the 16-bit era, Disney's Aladdin and The Lion King, are coming to modern platforms this fall. Publisher Nighthawk Interactive and developer Digital Eclipse will bundle those two retro platformers in Disney Classic Games, colon, Aladdin and The Lion King. What a what a very straightforward name, uh, which will be released for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Both Aladdin and The Lion King will feature, quote, upscaled graphics to support high-definition displays and additional upgrades to enhance playability on modern platforms, according to a press release from Nighthawk Interactive. Those upgrades include save states. Holy shit. Oh, boy. Thank God. Um, a rewind feature that will let players jump, uh, let players, wait will let players to jump backward yeah. up to 15 seconds, a level select, invulnerability, and infinite lives. Oh. The collection also includes what Nighthawk calls an interactive game viewer, which will let players watch full game playthroughs with, quote, the ability to skip forward, jump in, and start playing around at any point. The collection will also include a variety of versions of each title. Nighthawk promises multiple playable platform versions of the games, including Sega Genesis, Game Boy, and Super Game Boy releases, as well as the Lion King's Super NES version. In other words, it doesn't sound like Capcom's Aladdin for Super NES will be included as part of the package. Um, the price is right, Sam. Yes. <laughs> Good job. The collection will also feature a new, quote, final cut of Aladdin, and that game's 1993 trade show demo version. Amazing. <laughs> Disney Classic Games Aladdin and the Lion King will be released physically and digitally for $29.99. Uh, the re-release of the 16, it, 16-bit era games come on the heels of Disney's live-action remakes of both Aladdin and the Lion King, a pair of films that have grossed more than $2.5 billion oh. at the box office. Um, and then Brittany has put another little note in here saying, speaking of, of video games, films that have been scrapped due to the acquisition. Wait, sorry, I fucked that up a little bit. That's fine. Whoops. You're, you're rolling uh, with it, girl. Speaking of Disney, I should say. A uh, reminder of video game films that have been scrapped due to the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by the Walt Disney Company. Mega Man, The Sims, Assassin's Creed 2, Magic the Gathering, Hitman 2, and Play-Doh? <laughs> yeah, I just, not video game related, but I saw that Play-Doh was apparently a movie and I had to add it. I had to that add it. That was in. a movie? It was gonna be a movie. Rip in peace. Um, and Thank then it was God they killed it. Good lord, that sounds terrible. I, how would you, would it be like a world made of nothing but Play-Doh? No, and like I mean, physics? I think it would have to be sort of like a, like a Lego movie, but all the little bits are made of Play-Doh. Like everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. made of Play-Doh. I think you're right. Uh, I didn't even know they were making The Sims movie. I, I didn't either. I don't know how that would work either because they all speak Simlish. Well, not only that, it would be the most fucking boring movie ever. It, yeah. Because, like, literally, you would just take someone's day-to-day life and, like, it, I mean, it's reality television. Is right, what it yeah. Is. The Sims is not exciting to watch no. unless you're doing a specific odd challenge, like which is why a lot of The Sims YouTubers do stuff like the 100 Baby Challenge or whatever. Right. Um, because otherwise, you're just sitting there, like, redecorating your house. <laughs> or, like, cooking dinner. Cooking Taking dinner, a bath. trying to not burn it, and set the house on fire. Yeah, like, you know, just minor things in your life, little setbacks, like your whole kitchen burning down. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I saw this, I, and I thought this was pretty cool. I've, I think I've talked about it on the show how the Lion King Super Nintendo game was like my jam growing up. But I never actually played, played the game. I just played the first level. And what I would do is I would go through and clear out all the enemies. And then I would LARP and role play in that first level. As oh. Someone. Oh, yeah. No, we beat the whole, me and my sister, we beat the entire game. And that game does not have saves. Oh, it does no. not have, it ha- you have 
certain number of lives. Yeah. It took us forever to make it through this game because it has levels like I just can't wait to be king where you if you hit over on the d-pad the wrong way you roll off the head of giraffe instead, oh, I hated of, that level. instead of jumping and then you have the wildebeest where you're running forward at the screen and needing to jump at the correct time oh, no. in order to not get hit by a rock <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever made it that far oh my god the no. game gets is really difficult but I'm stoked that it's here. I'm stoked that there are saves. I, I don't really care so much about the rewind. Um, infinite lives is dope. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I won't do invulnerability because that, who cares? But I am excited to jump back into these. I just don't know if I want, do I want these on my Switch? I guess I'm yes. worried about, um, the controls. Cause again, it was the ones I played on were Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and that D-pad is a more traditional D-pad than what the switch has um so i assume that they have taken that into account considering it says additional upgrades to enhance playability on modern platforms but i'll have to see yeah i would say the pro controller but i know you don't dock your your switch i do not dock my switch my switch is in a small very i actually even i don't use my zelda case anymore because it's too fat so i just got Mm -hmm. like a really slim case on amazon to carry it around with oh nice that's nice and sleek but it's cool. I think just to to live or what am I trying to say? Appease my childhood, my childhood self. Maybe I'll I'll play this and I'll finally play the Lion King for realsies. I will put on all the codes though and all the lives. Fair. I mean to get that, that game is really hard. I just want to play it um semi normally to see if I can still do it. You should. <laughs> it's like I I mean it's been such a long time. Same with Aladdin. Uh although I played the Super NES version of Aladdin as well. Um, so the fact that, that I don't understand how they're different, I don't know which, how different the Genesis version was from the NES version. I have not. I, th- I thought I had read that they were pretty different and I'm, I'm willing to bet that it's not coming probably for some, oh yeah, a lot. Oh, Capcom's a lot. so it was probably some licensing thing. Who knows? Curses. Curses. But no, this is cool. Our childhood. It's coming back. It is. It is. Coming now back. just give me Donkey Kong country and I will be fine. Give us SNES classics and we'll be living yes. our very, very Give best life. Give us some SNES. Let's go. Oh, SNES. No, Simon. No. I know. I know. No SNES. SNES. That's okay. So saying. these are just like little, you know, tidbit stories that there's not a lot to talk about regarding them, but I just want to talk about them because they make me yeah. happy. All right. So this one, Judgment has sold well enough in the West that we could get a sequel. So this comes from PlayStation Lifestyle. Yakuza spinoff Judgment has enjoyed robust sales following its launch in June of 2018. In fact, it exceeded Sega's expectations in the West, so much so that we might even get a follow-up sometime in the future. The game's producer Daisuke Sato said, From our point of view, Judgment's performance in the West has surpassed our expectations. They're very good. There was a time when Japanese action brawlers like these were considered niche in the West, but after the explosion and popularity with the Yakuza series, Judgment seems to have followed suit. Yakuza is no stranger to sequels, so seeing a Judgment follow-up would not be surprising. Also, the Yakuza just got a whole bunch of, uh, the series got a bunch of uh, re-releases announcements. So if you haven't played these before, it's a good time. When asked about the possibility of a sequel or follow-up, Sato responded, quote, Us as a team would like to keep working in more games in the Judgment series. This statement obviously doesn't confirm anything, but the first step in getting a new Judgment game is a team willing to create it. In addition to its commercial success, Judgment received positive reviews with many outlets enjoying its story, detective mechanics, and rendition of Tokyo. I've talked about Judgment uh, a lot on this show. It's probably right now, I would say, like, my number three game of the year. Nice. I would say number one, Resident Evil. Two is Fire Emblem Three Houses. And then I would say three is uh, Judgment. 
So it's a very good game. So this makes me very, very happy. Brad. Yeah. All right. Another tiny story. Watch Dying Light 2's full E3 demo plus developer commentary. Uh, this comes to us from the Polygon. The full 26-minute E3 demo for Dying Light 2 is now available on YouTube. And fans eager for the next installation of the parkour-focused melee game are in for a treat. It includes a full developer commentary, not unlike what the press retreated to in June. Dying Light 2 takes place in a fictional... Wow, I can't speak today. Fictional amalgam of several European cities. Players must navigate the politics of a city on the brink of vanishing entirely after a global zombie pandemic. First-person platforming is much improved from the original, giving new options that increase the literal depth of the world. The further you fall below the surface, the more dangerous things become, including the risk of losing your own humanity. Dying late to not expected until spring 2020, and it is launching PlayStation 4 Windows PC and Xbox One. Yeah, so this is a thing now, you know? It's, you, has this been going on a long time? And maybe I'm just now paying attention where they show footage at E3 and yes. then it doesn't come out for a while. Yes. And then I, it's I, usually around Gamescom, which just ended, um, yeah. where it's either at Gamescom or a little after Gamescom. Usually they will release the E3 behind closed doors footage to the public. Yeah, I just haven't really noticed it until uh, the, all the cyberpunk stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, cyberpunk is another one that is now releasing more stuff. So, More stuff. So, yeah, Dying Light 2, I obviously am very looking forward, very much looking forward to this. And I think Stammer and Andrea are as well. I think uh, – are you looking forward I, to it? I thought it looked really good in that demo. Okay. I'm just a little – I'm a little scared. I will give it a shot. Um, I think it's a matter of how much it freaks me out. Like if I can continue to play it, but I liked everything I saw and I liked that it was actually more story and decision based. And I liked when they said it, they did not consider it a zombie game. Those are all things that made it more appealing to me. I know that you obviously love the zombie part and you Uh. love the horror and being scared, but as someone who does not, and it has like very little interest in that, I'm much more interested in the story, how the, how interest they sort of, gone back like i remember when games used to do this a lot more with the branching storylines and sort of walling off content so you would have to go back and replay and that sort of got lost as people realized there was a lot of content not being seen that they were making um but dying lights going back to that and is very much branching off a lot of different stuff so you will technically need to replay it in order to get the whole story um well not the whole story but the whole to to see all of the content that they have created you got it. Just like we're going to talk about the Fire Emblem in the third segment of the podcast. Anyway, yeah. So this is what we saw at E3, obviously, and you should check it out. It looks real good. It's very another pretty. Very pretty. Oh, my God. It's oh, I think we voted for that for best looking game. Yeah. I mean, the lighting was yeah. really great. Everything oh. looks really crisp, which was nice. Mm. And I was like, even though it's a sort of dark, it's a dark post-apocalyptic world, um, you still have a sense of like beauty in it, which is nice. Yeah. And oh my god, that fucking bug is back. You need to die, sir. I don't know what it is, Simon, when I talk when you and I just do the show, it's like bugs are attracted to me. It's they like, are attracted to all of us. They I think what's happening is that they know Andrea's not on the show. And they're like, Hey, you need a third seat. I'm no Oh, yeah, maybe wonder. they're just volunteering. <clears throat> yeah, they're they're expertise. Expertise. Okay. Mario Kart Tour is releasing September 25th for iOS and Android. You can pre-register now if you're Ancy Annie. That was just announced. And Pokemon Masters is out this week on Thursday, 829. So if you want to give Nintendo some of your money, there's a good way to do it. Huzzah. 
And so, okay, now we have Holy Game Reviews releases Batman, and I put this in here because there's a lot... Fucking... God damn it. I can't see you struggling with this because you're frozen, so, like, I don't know what's going on. I just hear the reactions. Yeah, you can't see it. It's probably for the best. It's probably kind of traumatizing. Um, So we have a lot of game reviews and releases coming out this week, so let's just kind of want to run down them a little bit. And we'll talk about a few of these next week. So, our next segment. So, Control is currently out. Is it out? Yes, it's out. Yes, it came out yesterday. And it's currently sitting at uh, 84 on Xbox One and 81 on PS4 on Metacritic. So uh, congratulations, Remedy Games. You did a nice. good job. Man of Medan is a 73 on Xbox One, a 70 on PS4, and a 76 on PC. We can talk about why those scores are a little... They're not terrible. No, those are like average. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Like a 7 out of 10 is like not a bad score. But I it's, think we're yeah, just so... Yeah, it's like, you're a, you gotta see. Well, that one of them is a C+. Plus. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're so conditioned to, you you know... Okay, we'll talk it's about big, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah go, yeah, go ahead. And then Astral Chain is getting really good scores on Switches in 88, which is awesome. Very much looking forward to that. Then Ancestors of Humankind Odyssey is getting about a 67 on PC. And then we have Blair Witch coming out on the 30th of... Yeah, this month. So that's Friday. And then Catherine Full Body, which Steimer will be talking about in the next segment. So, yeah, it's a, it's a busy, busy time for games right now. Yes. And it's not slowing down, baby girl. No, I believe it is not. No, but that's okay. We love what we do. Yes. Even though it takes all of our time. Okay, so that will do it for this week's news segment. Of course, there's other stuff that probably will break as PAX is coming up, but you know what? We can't be everywhere at once. So we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. And boy, oh boy, we have a lot of games to talk about this week. But first, we want to let you know that these hands-on impressions are brought to you by Bombas. Now, Samer, how often do you think about your socks? Not that often. Well, you know what? I used to not think about my socks much either. But I recently discovered socks that changed the way I'll think about socks forever. They're called Bombas. And boy, oh boy. Talk about some comfy socks. So I was perusing their website and I saw this pair of socks and they're called women's grippers. And on there, it says great for hardwood floors. And I'm like, okay, I need this because I recently fell down my stairs. <laughs> and I, you, you know, know you- the Tom Cruise thing is like a suggestion. It looks cool in the <laughs> movies, but it's really not great in real life. You need a little no. bit of a grip on your hardwood floors or yeah, you, might, it, you may fall down. Yeah. You may fall down. And yeah, the stairs are hardwood. And so I'm not the first person to fall down these stairs. My mom fell last year and she still has like a big like lump on her leg. Jason's fallen, gotten bruises. So I was like, okay, something needs to change. And my family members, bless their hearts, started getting me some other grippy socks that they were kind of like loose and they fall down and they're hot and sweaty and stuffy and not a good time. I didn't wear them. Started falling down the stairs again. Not a good life I'm living. No. But I, no. So I got these grippers and they have, I've not fallen since I started wearing them. So Go team. And Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They're made from super soft and natural cotton, and every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. Again, it's not stuffy. With many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas look great in the gym, at the office, and out on the town. They are what feet daydream about. And for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need, which is really, really cool. It's always nice. A little feel-good moment when you're buying some socks. 
Exactly. You can buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash what's good today and get 20% off of your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash what's good for 20% off. Bombas.com slash what's good. That's H-T-T-P colon slash slash bombas.com slash what's good for 20% off. Take care of your feet and your back and your butt, especially if you have hardwood floors everywhere in your house like I do. Okay, let's, oh boy, where do we start this week, Simer? Um, we got, have, we've got a lot. You've been playing Catherine, I've been playing Control, Man of Medan, and a little bit of Onanaki, but I don't have a lot to talk about on that front. So where right, do you want so to we'll start? So we'll focus on your Control and Man of Medan. All right, uh, let's start with Control. Let me, let me pull up my, my notes Your here. notes. I have notes. Okay, so Control is, did you ever play Quantum Break? No, I, God, that's one of those games that I had downloaded on my Xbox forever okay. and never, and like just always really meant to and wanted to try and then never did it. Well, that's okay. Well, it's still a great game. Jason actually just played it for the first time and finished it, uh, last week. And I was so proud of him because he finally pulled himself away from Command and Conquer Rivals, which oh, good boy. Utterly obsessed with. Anyway, yeah. So he's recently played it, loved it, so it still holds up. Obviously, Control is Remedy's next game. And it's been kind of hard to talk about because I could never quite explain what this game was about. And I still don't know if I truly oh, can. Oh, God. Like, I mean, but not like on a Death Stranding not, level. No, 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 no. Okay. This is like, this is like Super Mario World compared to Death Stranding. Like, you can explain what this game is. Like, okay, good. Okay. So I'll just go down briefly the synopsis of this game. So you play as Jesse Faden and she arrives at the Federal Bureau of Control. It's a secret U.S. government agency who deals in what's called the paranatural. And the FBC is in this place called the oldest house. And inside this oldest house are these like all these different dimensions and rooms are always changing around. So obviously to that, it lends itself a Metroidvania type of experience. And you are Jesse looking for your brother, Dylan, for reasons that I'm not going to go into because spoilers suck. And she quickly becomes the new director of the FBC because of reasons. reasons. Yep. And so when she's inside the oldest house, she's noticing that things are just like a little weird. For example, there are people suspended in the air, probably like 15 feet above you. And all of these weird, like contorted positions, they're all wearing their office gear. And they're like this weird chanting is coming from all, I think it's coming from them, but all this like gibberish that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So like a really freaky Mary Poppins when like they're on the ceiling. Sure. Okay. I mean, they're, they're not on the ceiling though. They're just like, literally just like suspended in air. It, it just like kind of, and then chanting nothing. And you're like, why is this happening? This is not how the world is. That. And that's the thing is, is the paranatural. Think of it as like the world operating in a way that it shouldn't according to like what you know about how everything works. And so as Jesse, you go from room to room essentially. It's just like, it's a huge, huge, building on the inside even though from the outside i'm imagining from what you know you're told it doesn't look like anything super crazy but inside it's because it's a place of power it's kind of a shtick it can do all sorts of things that it shouldn't be able to do so you go around there's uh from room to room department to department and you defeat enemies and you gain access to different areas but like what are are you shooting are you using like tools what are you how are what are yeah, you doing? yeah yeah so you have this 
very special gun with you that can do many different things, and that's your primary way of attacking enemies, but you also have this really badass um, telekinesis skill where you can pick things up and throw them, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. You can give up and you can levitate and move around, and it's really cool. So that's how you defeat a lot of the enemies. I'm only halfway through, and I'll talk about why, but I don't know if I'll finish this game. Um, it's So far, Like I'll just say this. It's a very fascinating story, and I'm definitely interested in it, but it does, Control does, and it it deserves all the praise it's getting, definitely. But unfortunately, it's like the perfectly concocted annoyance for me, because there's just a whole bunch of little things that are like some of my biggest pet peeves in games, and it's all kind of like compounded. It's all like kind of in this game. I'll talk about this. I'll just get into it. So... Again, like I said, I think the story is fascinating. I think their explore remedies job into researching the par- paranatural has been phenomenal. When we saw them at, I think it was GDC last this year. Oh yeah, this year. Um, we talked to them and they said that, you know, they had been consulting someone who like, if this were to happen, what would it look like? And it's just like an utterly fascinating, fascinating thing. I'm so intrigued by that kind of stuff. So it's definitely like weird in a good way. And the acting is super well done, and the character design is something I really want to praise because these characters look real. And what I mean by that is, like, their eyebrows maybe don't match perfectly. Maybe their face is just a little misshapen. They just look like real people that you would see, and that you can, they don't have, like, the Barbie and Ken look to them. You know, mm, they don't look yeah. like the most perfect. They're attra- Yeah, and it's... And I don't want to, like, sound rude because these characters could be based off of, like, actual people, but, but I mean, like every person's face is not. Yeah, and like, that's what I'm saying. Perfectly symmetrical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's a little of everyone in here, and I just really appreciate the diversity that um, obviously went into this. So, the combat. I'll talk about this first. Like I said earlier, it's incredibly fun. The telekinesis. I don't know if I've had a mechanic in a game that's ever felt so good. Like it's it's kind of like the the, the satisfaction of th- of throwing Kratos's. Um, Axe is what axe, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And like catching it back like that. You know how good that felt? Yeah. Telekinesis in this just feels so fucking good. Maybe even a little better than that. And the gunplay is really fun. It's fun to like switch between all the different weapons and you can get all these cool different abilities that help you in combat. But one of the problems is that enemies respawn in this game. Oh. And yeah. And this is like, this is a thing as I've gotten older that I just. Don't have patience don't, for it. I don't have patience for it. And this might not bother you. And if it doesn't bother you, then you're, you're sitting pretty. But the enemies respond and sometimes they respond in the most inconvenient and random times or so it appears. So, um, you know, so it's I, like, uh, like the thing that issue that Andrew and I had with Wolfenstein where they were just constantly respawning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's annoying because I'll clear out a room and then I'll be looking around the room because this game has such, so many cool details in it with the level design and all the documents and stuff you can find. And then all of a sudden, they're back. I'm like, no, no, and, no. And you don't get, um, experience by killing them. You get, oh God, what do you get? I, I'm trying to think of like, what's even the point? Maybe you'll get like, uh, crafting components or uh, components to help you like upgrade certain things, but you get your experience points by doing side quests in the main quest. So it's just kind of more of a, of a annoyance, kind of like a pad. On one yeah. hand, it's cool because it's another reason to use these badass skills that you have. But on the other, you're like, yo, I just want to like, 
I've cleared slow this down the re- Yeah, just slow down the, re- the respawn rate a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And it also is a pain in the ass when, let's say, you know, because throughout the game, there are these uh, spawn points. So if you do die, you come back to them. There's no, like, checkpoints per se. Mm. So that can also be, that's also, like, a frustration of mine is you you wish that there are more scattered throughout um, because, okay, this all kind of ties into one. So... The enemies also, the only way to get health in this game is by shooting enemies. But the problem is when you shoot the enemies, they drop these these little blue like health chips and you have to then run into the fire to get your health. So it's it's a weird system and I don't think I'm a big fan of it because if you're low on health and you're trying to hide behind cover and you're shooting the enemy across the level from you, all of that health you need is by the enemy who's still shooting you. So you have to try to like run out and yeah, that's weird. Usually it would at least like magnet over to you, like yeah, shunk. yeah, but it doesn't. So it's basically like once you get low on health, unless you can run into the the line of fire, you're just not getting any of your health back. Anyway, so you know this game, there's no difficulty setting, so it's kind of like you just gotta like get good. And there are some difficulty spikes, and that I'm at one right now, which is why I'm like kind of rage quitting but kind of not because it's just a little too annoying but anyway so you have these spawn points and there i'm at the point i'm at where i'm rage quitting is that the boss is like down this corridor from this spawn point and you know like i said your health doesn't regen so i spawn and then i run down the corridor but then three enemies spawn that i already killed but they're respawning and in this game the enemies there are some that have rocket launchers and they take they can take off a third of your health in one hit. And when there are enemies on the screen, you don't really know where they're coming from because there's no map on the screen. So if someone spawns behind you and shoots you with a rocket launcher, you're now suddenly down a third of your health. And now you still have the boss fight you have to get to. Nice. And that right. And so like that's just a little frustrating. Not the worst thing in the world, but it's just like ah. But then technically, you turn around, kill them, get your health back. If yeah, or does the health that they drop not significant enough to? make that a viable thing most of the time it's not significant enough there are boosters that you can apply to yourself that increases the potency of the health that you can pick up which is like something you can do but you can only have like two well one to three boosters at a time depending on um you know how you want to build your play jesse and i have mine on so i have like 33 percent extra health so what that would mean is i'd have to go into my menu unequip that and then equip the um potency buff and then shoot those guys, kill them, grab them, and then go back into the menu and change it. Not the worst thing in the world, but it's just like... Uh, yeah, it's frustrating. It's like, uh, it's basically small quality of life things. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to, and I'll talk about this too, is there's just a little, few little like checkpoints and more spawn points in the map, and I'll talk about that, that just would have made this like, yes, it's still a good game and it deserves the scores it has, but there's just some things that, and maybe it's because I'm feeling a little underwater right now with review codes and we obviously have packs this week, but my patience just isn't at max and that very well could be it. Okay. So the other thing, um, is like I said, the level layout is really cool because there's a lot of attention to detail. Every room you go into tells a story. And I love that about games. That's something I always have loved about the resident evil games. You can tell a lot of attention went into this. Unfortunately, it's not always obvious how you need, where you need to go to get to where you need to be. Um, mm. cause the only way you can look at your map is by pushing up on, I'm playing on Xbox up on the uh, D pad and even then, it's just kind of like you have a gray and a black corridor. You're playing gray and black corridors that kind of like are intertwining with another one another. 
and it doesn't tell you which areas are blocked off because of certain um, access that you need that you don't have. And so I wish that the map in this game had the Resident Evil 2 uh, kind of... Uh, yeah, where it shows you what's locked yeah. and what's not. Exactly. It shows you like, okay, so for how this game could work, it's like, okay, this room needs a level three clearance. This one needs a level four. This is an elevator. This will take you here. And on your map, it never shows you, I mean, on your UI, it never doesn't tell you how to get to where you got to go. Like there's no indicator icon or anything like that. So you got to kind of like walk, open up your map, or you can keep the map open while you're walking. But even then, it's not super clear. So I just find myself like aimlessly wandering sometimes. And you're just like, where do I go? Hello, I'm lost in this building. I know. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking it's just like my patience is just like kind of like maxed out. Yeah, I think that that's fair, though. Like that's uh, these are similar reasons as to why Andrea and I were not like I was like, I will not pick Wolfenstein back up. And it's because of small quality of life stuff like that where the map is difficult to read you don't know exactly where you need to go in order to get where you need to go and like yeah. you you need to have clear objectives marked and like not ugh, i hate the thing where it's like it's 500 feet above you you have no idea how to get there cool bye um yeah and uh and half the time and, and I've had some issues too, and half the time, um, actually, to be fair, probably more like seventy-five percent of the time, when I open the map, the corridors themselves don't actually populate. It's just the names of the oh. areas, and I think it's a it's a bug or a, it's a, probably just a performance issue that hopefully will be patched out soon because I'm having a lot of frame issues. But well, maybe they I, can patch the respawn rate too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Do something. Um, and the other issue too is just like to. So as you're playing a game, there are a lot of, um, not a lot, but like once in a while you'll get a timed mission and I'll be like, go to this area of the game and you have 20 minutes, defeat these people and you'll get some cool gear and items and crafting materials that help you, more like crafting materials that help you upgrade Jesse. But then the problem is, is when you, the, the spawn points, the fast travel points aren't in every single room. And so then it comes in the issue of you you spawn somewhere and then you still can't find out where exactly you need to go. You're like, ah, shit, where do I go? And then it's that whole thing over again. And that's something that I just have never had a lot of patience for. So it's kind of like the perfect storm for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm pissing on this game and I'm really not trying to. It's no, just- I mean, like you, it sounds like the, the core mechanics of it are fairly solid, but they yeah. just needed to do a little bit better job polishing around the edges um, in order for it to have been like a home run for you yeah that's that's the thank you Simon. that's exactly it and i i hope that there is a day one patch too because i've it's i don't know if it's just my because i know you had issues with monster hunter world on your xbox but oh yeah that thing that would not play it would not play so for me if i pause my menu if i open up the pause menu and then i like dink around in there and then i leave i have to give the game about three seconds otherwise it just literally chugs like it's like and then I have to let it all populate. The map, half more like I said, 75% of the time doesn't even work because the corridors don't line up, so all I see is an arrow and names. Um, I've lost all audio and subtitles at some point, too. Man, you have a lot of audio bugs. <laughs> I know! It's so bizarre! I had it in uh, Man of Medan, too, and I'll talk about that And you had later, it in but, Red Dead. And in Red Dead. Yeah. Um, but, okay, now that I've, like... So, now that I've talked about it, maybe it's evident why I think I need to set this game down for a little bit. I think these are just issues that... For me, anyway, they're just kind of um, some pet peeves. And it's just like they have almost every single one of my pet peeves in this game. 
And that's why I'm just like, I love it. I know I'm halfway through. I want to keep playing. I'm fascinated by the story. I like everything else about it, but it's just a little too frustrating for me personally to play right now. Well, hopefully they will patch some of it out and then I will start playing it and then it'll be great. Yeah. And hey, man, maybe I just need to get good. And if you're good enough, you're probably not dying at all. You don't come across half these issues. So like, good on you. But like, if the premise sounds interesting and if my little complaints don't sound like a big turnoff to you, like pick it up, support Remedy. They are an awesome team. They did something really special here. And I love that they're not afraid to get weird with it <laughs> and like explore like yeah. this weird paranatural thing that I feel like is a really hard concept. And even though I don't understand half of what they're talking about, it sounds so legit and it's so fascinating that I'm just like, oh, I want to know more. So we will see to be yes. continued. All right. Steimer, talk to me about if the hot one. We want to get uh, weird too. Yeah. We'll roll back to Catherine Full Body. So if you are unfamiliar, Catherine was a game that came out in the PS3 era. I forget which year exactly, but um, it's basically a, it's from Atlas. It's sort of anime visual art style in the same vein as like a persona. And you play as Vincent and he is a, a fella. He's like, well, I think he's like 30, 31 possibly. And He's in a relationship with this girl named Catherine with oh. a K. And you see the relationship with them first and kind of like a little bit of their struggles. And then you meet Catherine with a C, which is what the oh. game is. Yeah, no, I love, okay. I love, <laughs> she just changed in the document the name of the game where she changed it to a K. And I'm like, no, no, there's multiple Catherines. I tried to be a smart ass and I made it like a bold K. Yeah. But now it's, it's not, like, it's, uh, fuck so it. his, his, Girlfriend is Catherine. Okay. This other girl that comes into the picture, who's the blonde on the cover, is Catherine with a C. C. Um, okay, so got it. the whole game explores really adult themes. So if you have young children, this is not a game you're going to want to play around them. Uh, it's all about sort of cheating and morals and like what, huh. what you should do in relationships. And it explores really deep topics like that. Um, and so what's happening in this world is, a lot of the men are having nightmares and <laughs> winding up dead sometimes. Oh. So it's kind of like they're calling it like there's rumors of like a curse. And what happens is if you've cheated on any woman or whatever, uh, then you will basically like start having these nightmares and you might die. So as Vincent, you are also one of these people who starts having nightmares. And in those nightmares are kind of where most of the, the actual core puzzle gameplay comes in, comes in. Mm. Um, so every night that you play this game, uh, and you fall asleep, you will go into like essentially sort of a weird limboy hell <laughs> area. And Sounds you pleasant. will, yeah, super, super great. And so the whole, the whole puzzle gameplay element of it is you are trying to climb this tower. Now there's a whole bunch of blocks that you're going to need to manipulate in certain ways. So you can push them, you can pull them, you can try and push out certain blocks and make them collapse uh, down. So you have easier access. Then there are also a lot of other added elements. So there are trap blocks. So if you step on them, they might impale you. If they're ice blocks, you can slide off and die. Like there's a lot of different <laughs> cool um, elements to the blocks as you progress throughout the game. And it becomes very difficult. When Catherine first came out, I played it on easy. Uh, guess what? Game was not easy. And so <laughs> I still really struggled with it. And I also super struggled because I went on vacation 
and came back and could not play the game anymore because I just, the way it teaches you a lot of the mechanics is like a slow build over time. Mm. And then, and I was about like halfway through and then I just, I couldn't remember well enough. I was getting really frustrated. There was nothing really I could do. And so I just gave up. I was like, well, I guess I'll never play this game. Then Catherine full body gets announced. And I was like, wait, I have a chance to finish this game. Holy shit. And they have added so much accessibility, which is wonderful for me. Mm. Um, so something that is new, they added. So there was easy, normal, difficult, whatever. I, I forget exactly the names, but those were kind of the first three original options. Now there is safety mode. Oh, safety oh. mode is a godsend for someone like me who just does not have time right now for a lot of puzzles, especially when I get home at night. I'm tired. Your brain hurts already. I'm, yeah, I, I don't have like a lot of mental energy for the puzzles. That being said, if you do, the puzzles are great. Like you will obviously, you will get a really satisfying challenge out of the towers um, because they're super well designed and really interesting. But if you are also just kind of like, you know what, some nights I might need a chill night, you could have that option, which I think is great. Um, so safety mode means all of the trap blocks are disabled. It's just basically like regular blocks going up. Uh, but there are still the blocks that you can't move at all. But mm. for the most part, it's much easier to get up the tower. And then even if you're still struggling, you hit a button and it auto plays for you. Wait, so really? If, if you are someone who Aww. just wants to see the story of Catherine, who just wants to enjoy what's going on and like, learn about the story you can you can literally just hit a button and it will it will play it for you um i've only opted to do that when again i'm super tired and Mm -hmm. i am struggling with one part and i just like and it's annoying i mean maybe it's a little giving up too easily because i could definitely figure it out especially on safety mode it's really not that hard but sometimes i'm just like oh i'm tired click button go Mm -hmm. um and that's just been it's been so nice and also you know, we, well, never mind. I was going to say, if you have someone younger, but do not let them play this game. Um, <laughs> so would you, would you say that the story is worth getting the game and skipping the puzzles? I find it interesting. Um, so they've also, if you play the original, they have added a character, uh, that is called Rin. Also, Catherine, but just Rin is what they're Oh, I so, see But yeah, there. and I'm like, come on. Just how many Catherines could there possibly be? Um, and the answer is literally everyone. <laughs> but so aside from, um, aside from the, the really meaty gameplay parts, there, you'll be basically in the bar with your friends and you'll go around and talk to people in the bar and little bits of the story will unfold as you, um, do that and you can kind of choose to either hang out in the bar for a really long time try to talk to everybody that you can or you can just like immediately pounce and go home uh but there are slight ramifications for doing that i won't say what they are but um Mm. and then as you are progressing through each level through the night um basically it's like you have a couple mini levels and then like the boss level (laughs) and as you're going up on regular modes the blocks will be falling so like you have you have pressure. Like you need to be climbing this as quickly as possible or you fall to your death. Um, and then on the boss levels, it's not only falling, there is something chasing you and I won't say what they are because they're very oh story related. Uh, and those things can also kill you. And so it, it can get very intense. And again, if you are someone who's like, yes, absolutely throw me a challenge. This game will challenge you. <laughs> you by all means should get it and crank up the difficulty and see what, how you do. That's um, crazy. But 
uh, and then like in between those levels, there'll be like little chill out moments and you'll go into like a confessional booth and the game asks you questions. So like it asks you like how you feel. It's like all moral questions. And then the funny thing too is it will show you how other people answered. It will be like, okay, Uh. here's how your answer compares to everybody else. Um, so it's just, it's a really neat, interesting game. Uh, it had, again, like it handles a lot of really heavy topics. I do think it's, aged a little bit in how it mm. handles some of it um even though there is a new character i and i so like they've clearly done some reworks on things mm-hmm. sometimes they say things and i'm like hmm, yep this is an older game <laughs> like oh really okay yeah just just the way they they handle some of the men and women stuff uh it just feels a little dated but to me i i don't super mind i just really find what's going on in the world to be interesting and i like i'm almost at the end i'm not quite there yet and i'm like tell me the twist what's the twist i want to know what's going on i'm looking at it looks like the game came out in 2011 originally so yeah that was a different time it's been been a while it's been Um, a minute yeah so i am excited that they brought this back i'm excited that it has a lot of accessibility uh and i think that uh it's wonderful if you like if you like Google the game, kind of see the art style, get a feel for it, um, and you are interested in the idea of exploring moral <laughs> topics about relationships, uh, no. you could definitely give this game a shot. I feel like it's the kind of game that it's on Brit's list of games I need to experience. Catherine is definitely up there because you see, you know, all the cosplay and you saw all the photos at the time of the girl, with her crazy hair. I'm like, what yeah. is this game about? But I typically stay away from puzzle games, especially frustrating ones. Cause man, my brain just ain't what it used to be. Yeah. So. I mean, the puzzles are, it's again, they're like, they're so good and so complicated, but Oh God, sometimes you just, you're tired. I'm like, you just want to enjoy the game. So I like that they have that, um, that option is just going to be like, you know what, just mm. just go. And then you can go back and replay anything on a different difficulty if you want to. Oh, okay. And did you say, can you s- skip the boss fights too, or do you have to do those? No, you can hit autoplay on those. You can, okay. Yeah. Oh, perfect. This sounds like the perfect, like, That's what I did game. for, like, those are the ones that I, if I hit it, it will be during a boss fight, because mm. the other ones are much more relaxed for me since I'm on safety mode. The bricks are not falling. Um, the, in, but the boss will still kill you in safety mode. So like, you're not super safe in safety mode on the boss levels. Uh, you're just safe, super safe on the regular, like little, basically you have like different doors and you're climbing up this tower. So you may have two little doors and one big door, mm-hmm. though later, uh, doors like have more little ones. So like the, the next night I'm on has like four to get up there. So it kind of extends the, the length of the game, but I'm on night six or seven i forget what i think i just started seven mm-hmm. um and there should only be eight nights so cause oh, that's okay. what they say that they're like it's like a eight night thing and, eight, eight night <laughs> and like, again um, like i don't i don't quite know exactly where the story ends up because i have managed to not spoil this game for myself in the past eight years eight years uh but uh, how much how much time have you put into it so far um playing it the way i have been playing it i think i'm six five to six. Oh, okay so it's, so it's, it's really yeah it's for not that bad uh, for what it is and like if you're playing the puzzles properly it will take you longer okay. um it will take you much longer again like i said i'm playing on safety mode so it's, pr- it's going pretty fast oh, this i is wish a- this game would come to switch yeah yeah that'd be cool it could it could work except uh yeah. you know very adult <laughs> 
very well, again very very adult game uh so, oh, so like like how adult are we talking here uh i mean it's talking about like cheating and sleeping with people so okay. that kind of that kind of stuff okay it's not like we're banging i it never like shows it it's not porn <laughs> damn but not interested anymore <laughs> but no i definitely want to play this i have a code sitting in my inbox but let's just you know Steimer and i divided and conquered man she's been playing yeah. conference i've been playing the other things yes i'm so i'm just i'm so happy that they did this so that i actually have the chance to finish it i know i'm so proud of you I'm yeah happy for you i'm happy like, that they did it thanks guys because they i think realized that easy mode was not easy but it if, sounds like it's an interesting enough story that you'd want to experience it too. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that ever wears me out is so like I really hate the way that they draw Vincent's eyes. Sometimes it's a very anime thing. Is that um, the, the, the is that the main dude? Yes. Okay, yeah, because he's uh, weird looking. He's weird looking. Yeah, he is voiced by Troy Baker. Uh, so oh, he, that he obviously kid. Does that ex- a, a phenomenal John John job. <laughs> that explains everything. That Troy Baker. Yes. Um, but they like do like these really weird buggy eyes for him a lot, and they go like in different directions. And Ew! I, I'm looking at a picture. I Why just would hate you it. Do that? Oh, that's terrifying. God. Yeah. It, no, it's uh, he's not the most attractive sometimes with that face. <laughs> that's okay. Um. All right. Well. Cool. I will have to give that game a shot. Yes. Okay. And now <laughs> the next game. Yeah. I'm very interested that you played. Man of Madan. Do you say a Madan or you say Madan? I don't know how you. I don't know say how it. to say. I don't know, Steimer. I just say it any which way. Whatever I think way Madan my... sounds cooler. Madan, Man of Madan. Okay, yes. Yeah, so I have been playing. What's it? It's like Dark Pictures Anthology. Man, I just typed Mark of Madan in my search. Whoops. Search bar. It's you know the week before packs. Okay, yeah. So the Dark Pictures. And th- just the dark pictures, man of Madon, but is an anthology. So this is developed by Supermassive. Um, they made recently. Until Dawn. Yep, most recently know them from Until Dawn, which is a thing that we streamed and played on patreon.com slash what's good games to check Indeed. it out. It's a good time. Did we keep everyone alive? Spoilers. No way. No, we did not. No, we did not. So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, if you don't know how this game is or what it's like, you are essentially, you have five young adults that are scuba diving wrecks for reasons of their own. And how it works is that you control these characters and you basically, the extent of your plane is you walk around, you look at things, and then you have to make, there are QTEs, quick time events, and you have to make decisions very quickly because everything moves in real time here ladies and gentlemen no one like it's not like a, a bioware game where you have all the time in the world to like stress over your opinion you know your decision that you're gonna make this one's it's like oh my god there's so much to come and you have to make a decision do you run left do you run right do you save this person do you save yourself do you agree with this person do you disagree and every choice you make has consequences so i decided that because there's two different ways you can play well three different ways you can play this game alone you can play it online with someone and how that works is that like Andreas talked about on the show, you know, let's say Samer and I are playing online. I'll be playing my characters over here. She'll pick her characters and be playing over there and I won't get to see what's happening with her story and she won't get to see what's really happening with my story, but they all function in the same like world. Right. And so her decisions will ultimately impact my characters and vice versa. And then there's the movie night. Uh, mode, which is the one that I decided to play with my husband, Jason. 
And how this works is that you can have up to five players play and two to five for this mode specifically. And each controller can control, they have to control at least one character. So the way Jason and I divided up is I had the two girls, um, Fliss and Julie, and then Jason had the three guys, Conrad, Alex, and Brad. And so how it works is that we're sitting on the couch and it'll give you a little scene. It'll be like, okay, Jason, it's your turn. And so then we watch the scene play out and he controls the characters. He makes the decisions, whatever. And then the scene will switch and be like, okay, Brittany, it's your turn. And then like, we don't ever have to switch controllers or anything like that. And you just make your decision. And I wanted to play that way because I wanted to see everything. I didn't want to not see what was going on. I I think it would be, yeah. I think it would be fun to play this in an online mode eventually, but for the first time around, I want to get an idea of, like, what's everyone doing? And plus, it's a, it's a short game. I think it's only, like, four to five hours. Oh, and okay, I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm only, like, three... I'm, like, three and a half hours in, so I'm probably almost done. So it's basically just designed to be, like, replayed multiple times to I'm, see... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, it's what you'd expect. It's fucking... I said the F word. Dang it. I try not to swear anymore, but I did it. It's freaking gorgeous. It's a beautiful, beautiful game, obviously. I mean, it, I mean even until Dawn still looked really good. And that yeah, game is how old. That game yeah. definitely held up. Yeah. And I think this, I think Man of Medan is, Madon, Madon is. Mad- it might be Madan. I don't know. I don't know. The man. The man. Is the man the, of Madan. It rhymes more. So maybe it's like Dan. Man of Madan gonna kill you. Uh, it's way spookier, I think. it It's. Where until dawn, you know, had its um, it's a lot had of jump its, scares. It had its jump scares, and I guess if you haven't played until dawn, I'm going to spoil like a little thing about it. But toward the end of until dawn, it had like that weird paranormal freaky deaky kind of shit, like those weird whatever mm-hmm. they were. Yeah, and, it's, it's paranormal for sure. Yeah, this game has a lot more of that, and it's a lot creepier. And it's not just because it looks better; obviously, that can play a part in it. But it's just the kind of horror it is is. Uh, more up my alley. It's not so much like murder slasher. It's more like, oh my spooky. god, spooky, 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 spooky. And it was funny. We were, Jason and I were playing on the couch, and whenever something scary would happen, he'd be like, "Reb, come sit on my lap," and like Reb would come up and like snuggle with him because what a good a little, boy. He was a little boy, yeah. Um, and it definitely had those moments like where I had like my hands in front of my face. I'm like, oh my god, this is so spooky and so intense. You, and, yeah, no, no, you scream facing the fear. Well, th- no, I do. I, I see. You're right. I do do that, but I had this moment, and I do this usually when I'm in a scary when I'm in a theater with Jason. And I mm-hmm. don't have to be the bigger person. Oh, okay. When I'm with you, Steimer, I need to be the bigger. You, person. yeah, you do. You need to lead me through the fire. I need to lead you. But when I'm with Jason, I'm like, Yo, dog, you just tell me what's happening. I'm gonna kind of cover my eyes a little bit and just like try not to see everything full frontal because if I do, then I'm gonna like have nightmares forever. Um, but no, I mean, it was like it's probably the best scary movie I've seen in a long time, even though it's a video game. So I would definitely recommend picking it up. Um, if this is, if you enjoyed Until Dawn, if this sounds like, like if an interactive movie experience sounds like something that you would enjoy with a friend or a significant other, you can just, you know, like I said, four to five hours is what the reviews are saying. And, um, which is kind of a bummer because I feel like I'm at a point where it's like getting really, really good, but I know it's almost over and it sounds like it might end a little too quickly. Mm. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, other but, than that though, huh? Uh, how much is it? I think it's forty. Okay. Man, it looks like I'm on the. Oh no, twenty five. I'm oh, way off. Nice. Well, GameStop has it for twenty nine ninety nine, and then Target has it for twenty five dollars. So, so yeah, I mean, and like you said, the replayability is there. You can try to keep people alive. Jason's already killed two people. Nice. Uh, of course he did. 
Of course he did, and I have kept everyone alive. Thank you very much. You are you know a pro I'm gamer. I'm like, why would you jump off? That's not a smart decision. Anywho, um, I want to say that. <laughs> that reminds me of on the stream when we were like, yeah, go ahead, investigate the sound. Yeah, because we wanted <laughs> yeah. to kill her, and we did. <laughs> that was the best revenge ever. Uh, yeah, and that, that's the beauty of this game is if people piss you off, you can just kill them. Amazing. Or try to. Uh, the, I have had some technical hiccups, though. Um, even though there are multiple controllers that you can play with, like I'll have my own controller, Jason will have his, I've, I'm an inverted player. and whenever Yeah, I we, don't understand you. I know. And, and and I get shit for it, and it doesn't help when these UIs are being built, and then in the, uh, the menu, it's like, do you want to play inverted or normal? It's like, listen, normal. Normal, it's not normal, it's just another option. And Jason's like, yeah, you gotta switch it to normal, because it's the normal way to play. Screen yeah, user. but no. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess whatever. If you, it is kind. That is kind of weird. You'd think call it'd be it like I don't know what else you'd call it. Not I don't know either. <laughs> I know regular. Just don't call it normal. <laughs> but regular isn't the same thing. But I mean, but normal. I, would you rather have? Would you rather have someone be like Steimer? You're normal when, or Steimer, you're regular. Well, I guess that's that. Can be weird. <laughs> Never mind that. It makes absolutely no sense. It did not work. My example did not work. I so do anyway, enjoy being regular. I know me too. It's very nice. The, uh, so yeah. Anyway, when you have to switch your controls, which isn't an issue. I mean, like it takes two seconds to go and open up the menu. You can pause during cutscenes. No problem. But we found like half the time we can't get out of the, the menu without having to go back to the main screen. And it's clearly a bug because it says oh. you want to save your changes. We say yes. And then absolutely nothing happens. And then a few minutes later, it's like, Hey, go back to the main menu. And we're like, dang, it's got it. Yeah, not what we want to do. That's kind of a bummer. Um, this game, unfortunately chugs a lot. Uh, it's the, the frames are stuttering pretty bad, but it's, you know, do you think it, it can just be patched? I'm hoping so. I don't think okay. there's been any news about a patch coming in because I looked into that. Like, are you guys getting a uh, patch? Okay. Because it could use one. And then at one point we lost all audio completely, which wasn't very helpful because we couldn't tell what the hell was happening. So we had to make a decision based off of a conversation we didn't hear. And then oh, it was do you like, not always have, I always put subtitles on. We had subtitles on, but the subtitles didn't populate. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah, it was like the same issue I had in, uh, control at one very important pivotal moment as well. You're right, course, I always do have audio course, issues. Yeah. Like all subtitles and audio just completely went out the window. And then I was like, that was supposed to be like a big twist moment and I just missed it. Um, so yeah, like, just be, be careful. You know, I think it run, I think it's running pretty, I've heard same things on PS4 and, uh, Xbox One. So, it's not terrible. It's not game breaking. Like I'm very excited to hop back into it and hopefully maybe finish it tonight. But um yeah, it's it's a good time. It's spooky. It's definitely spooky. So you know if you have small children, so I will you know, not play it alone. Is no, what you're no, Simon, do not play this game alone. You would not enjoy this at all. Great. Yeah, I will wait for you guys slash possibly the next rendition of Lights Off Stream. Yeah, and then finally, um I've been playing. I think it's Onanaki. Did I? I always get this title screwed up. Let me do a quick. Sure, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Onanaki. So this is a game developed um, by Tokyo RPG Factory. I am Satsuna and Lost Sphere, and published by Square Enix. I'm not far enough into it to give like definitive opinions on it, but it's so far, so far, it seems like a a solid, a solid like. High six out of ten. A high six. <laughs> a high six. You know when you just play a game? Like the minute I was, like not the minute, it's like a couple hours into control. I'm like, this is probably going to get around like eights. You know, like eights and like eight and a half. So you can just kind of tell when you've been doing this for a while. But um, 
Yeah, Onanaki, it's fine. The problem that I've had with Tokyo RPG Factory's games in the past is they try to recreate JRPGs of old, which I love because that's like my favorite genre ever. But the problem is it's kind of hard to insert so much soul into a game that's created in 2019 that's trying to do what games did back then. Mm. You know, games back then have a certain kind of charm and nostalgia to them. And trying to recreate that today. Um, so far, it looks like uh, Onanaki may have gotten a, a, taken a step in the right direction. It looks like they're doing something different. I'm not far enough in to really judge, but um, so I shouldn't give it a score. But it, like, it, it's okay so far. Like, it doesn't it, it doesn't help that I played this right after Fire Emblem. Like, that's all I'm gonna say. Sure, uh, fair, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll play more of that and then I will report back. But anyway, speaking of Fire Emblem, we are going to hop into our Fire Emblem spoiler cast in the next segment. So this is your first warning. <laughs> now would probably be a good time to turn away if you don't want to get anything spoiled for you. So if this is where you leave us, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking with us for another Mother Effin, what do we call it? Steinbockers. Steinbockers, yes, that's right. And hopefully we'll see you at PAX. And if you are sticking around, we'll be right back. Oh my god, welcome back to What's Good Games and all this segment three bullshit, blah blah blah. Anyway, oh my god. Wow. I am, Are you no, on crack? No, I am just so am I on crack? I am just so excited to talk about Fire Emblem because I haven't had anyone to talk about Fire Emblem with and I just have so many questions. You haven't had you. anyone? No. No. What about me? To, well, we're doing it right now, which is okay, why I'm Okay, so yeah, excited. we did save it. We did save it. We this has been like this has been bubbling for a while. Yeah. Now it's like spilling out of the pot, you know what I mean? Now it's like we're going to do this. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. So again, spoiler warning. If you oh, yeah. are interested in playing Fire Emblem 3 Houses and not having anything of the story ruined for you, you best turn this off. Yeah. Go enjoy your life. We will see you next week. Um, but if you are one, not going to play this game, or two, don't care about spoilers, then stick with us. Hello. Or you already beat it, uh, and you are want to hear our, our thoughts. Oh, my God. Let's spoil the shit out of this. Yes. Yeah, so we both, thankfully, played different houses. Yes. I played Black Eagle's house. You played Blue Lions? Golden Deer. Golden Deer. Shit. That's right. Um, somebody else. I had some other friends play Blue I know. Lions. I, wish we, I wish we had someone on here from the Blue Lions, but oh, well. Yes. It's fine. We'll um, shit on their house. And they are the worst. They are. They literally, no, I think they are. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly how we want to dive exactly into this because each of the houses, basically how the, the game works is each house tells a very, I mean, I, I feel like they're probably very different story um, yeah. a- after a certain point. I think it's all the same, you know, up until... Right. Probably until, like a third. A certain Edelgard starts uh, plotting some shit. Yeah, and it's otherwise it's all it's all the same. So, um, so as I, a as a refresher, I have the the uh, classes broken down here. Cool. Okay. So, uh, like Samuel was saying, you know, you have your three classes: Golden Deer, Blue Lions, Black Eagles. And at the beginning of the game, you get to choose who you want to be with. I chose Golden Deer because I liked Claude's personality. Um, B- Dimitri from the Blue Lions seemed a little too like uptight for me yeah and a little too yeah and then obviously edelgard looked badass but she wasn't claude <laughs> edelgard is like is it edel so or edel 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 okay um, all right so golden deer has claude hilda leone Raphael, ignatz lawrence lysithia marianne 
Blue Lions is Dimitri, Dedu, Annette, Ash, Mercedes, Sylvain, Felix, and Ingrid. And then Black Eagles is Edelgard, Bernadetta, Caspar, Dorothea, Fernandad, Linhart, Petra, and Hubert. I really, there's so many things about this that I, I really liked. And we do have a lot of questions in front of us from you guys, uh, from our WGG. Wait, let's just give them the address because I just, I'm going to screw What's it the up. What's your WGG? That's what I was talking about. <laughs> I almost said Patreon, like a Patreon thing. I was like, it's not Patreon anymore. Yeah. It's open to everybody. Anybody everybody. can submit us a question. Um, and so we, we may, you know, toss a few of your questions in here and yes. if we need, if we need a prompt or two. Um, but one of the things I thought that they did was really nice is a lot of the characters that you meet. So specifically for my class, Black Eagles, there were definitely people that I thought were really annoying at first. Like mm-hmm. I just hated, I was, I, Bernadetta got on my nerves. Um, <laughs> But then, honestly, as the story unfolds, you learn a lot of things about them that explain their behavior mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. honestly make you feel like a shitty person. <laughs> like, because then you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Especially with her story, Bernadetta's story. Yeah, like, Bernadetta damn. definitely nails trauma in a way like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I guess maybe I sh- maybe I should be a more understanding person. So did you? OK, here's the thing is I didn't know much about this game before I went into it. I didn't know about the time skip. I didn't know that once the time skip happens, if you haven't recruited anyone, like they're basically dead to you. So I just happened to get super lucky and I recruited everyone, but Fernandad, Ash, and then Hubert, obviously and did you. Ferdinand. Um, yeah. Ferdinand. How do you say his name? Ferdinand. I'm just calling him Fergie. Fergie. Okay. Fergie. I, I know. I, yeah. Um, so I got really lucky that I was able to recruit everyone but those not knowing that. Did you know you had to recruit people? Well, so I knew it. that I could. Um, however, the only one that easily joined me was Sylvain. And also I thought he was hot. Oh, so yeah. I was like, all right, you can join my class. And then I didn't honestly care too much about it because I really liked everyone in my class. Mm. Um, and and I also don't have the patience to sit there and level up a bunch of people I'm not going to use. So... Even though I eventually also recruited some of the professors, which you can do later on in the game, mm. um, I didn't like Hanneman's still like 25. Like he's not getting used. Yeah. He, and for reference, my character was level 50. So like, yeah, there are some people who I bench and do not care about. And I just <laughs> didn't want to have a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. And also I didn't understand. I knew there was a time skip at some point. I didn't understand um, how little time I had. I didn't understand like a lot of, <laughs> didn't understand a lot of what was coming down the pike. Um, so I definitely kind of screwed up in that regard and had to murder almost everybody. But, um, you know, that's life, I guess. You just murder all your old friends. I uh, guess so. But it's, it was on it. It was crazy. So for, the the main spoiler of the game is yeah as as sort of Brittany alluded to earlier at, at some point you will you'll see like a flame emperor or whatever come around that mm-hmm. is Edelgard um and she has a whole reason for why she's doing what she's doing which you only discover if you are Black Eagles mm-hmm. and you do a certain number of things with Edelgard like she has. Uh, a specific quest you need to go on her with, I think in order to even trigger that as an option for you to go with her and to join her. And 
so it's funny because when when you get to that part, it's like a it's a tomb sort of a thing. And so uh, for somebody who played Blue Lions, I was like, what did you do in the tomb? And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, what choice did you make? And they were like, there was no choice. Oh, because you have what a choice. What do you mean? Yeah. So if you play as Black Eagles, you have a choice to either go with Edelgard or to go against her. Um, right. But if you are playing Golden Deer or you are playing Blue Lions, there is no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, the, the story just plays out there in right. whatever way it is meant to yeah it's and it was interesting because when Simon and i would talk about fire emblem before we would record the show like weeks past she'd always be like you picked the wrong house yes. you picked the wrong house and and i think i remember this specifically you said no you said i'm not being a bitch i'm telling you literally picked the wrong house and i'm yes. like hmm and i was like i wonder what she's talking about because i didn't realize because i had tried to go into this you know not knowing anything as possible that obviously the stories do differ depending on uh, who you play as. But then I started like wondering, like, is Claude up to something sketchy that I oh. don't know about? Yeah. Like, is, am I like, why am I with the wrong house? And then as I played through my story and I defeated the ones who slither, those who slither in the dark and Rhea stepped down and, you know, I united, um, uh, oh God, Fodlin and Almira and like everything was good. I'm like, wait, Rhea I- stepped down. Yeah. She uh, was gravely injured. So you don't know she's a monster. <laughs> She, so what I know is she is Seros. Okay, so she's actually a monster. Um, no, she turns into a big dragon. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really fucking weird. Yes. So the, the thing is, if you play Black Eagles and go with Edelgard, you find out she's that, the immaculate one is what they call her, um, mm-hmm. instantly. Like she turns into that in that dungeon and she's like, I will murder you in your face. And you're like, whoa, Rhea, you, oh God, you're a dragon now. Oh, what because the? you're, you're trying to, what are you trying to do there? If you, the so if you choose to protect Edelgard and like go yeah. with her, Rhea freaks out and she's just like, how dare you? Um, yeah. you, you betray me, you betray everything. And then she rages and she turns into the dragon in that tomb. <laughs> Um, and so like, that's the, so if you play black Eagles, like you are the first people to even really see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's why, you know, that's how, you know, why she's doing what she's doing. So Edelgard's whole crusade is that the religion is corrupt and the Which noble totally system is. is corrupt and it's all being run by Rhea, who is really a giant dragon monster, um, <laughs> who is parading around as a human and they're like false gods and they're controlling everybody. And so she's trying to liberate the people from this. So she's, I, and this is like, this is so funny because obviously it's two different stories. So yes. I know she, so, okay, this is my understanding is that here I have it. I have it in here. So Rhea devoted herself to experimenting on implanting her mother's crest stone, who was, who was Sothis, into created bodies in an attempt to revive her mother, Sothis. Yes. Her twelfth failure, a young woman fell in love with the then captain of Seros, Geralt, eventually becoming pregnant, and then the birth resulted in a stillborn child, and the mother was dying, and then the Byleth's mother wanted um, Rhea to implant her crest into the child, which is what Byleth is. So what Ser- Byleth is the player character for... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so because like this, the story is cuckoo bananas. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's so weird. So Byleth then is part like human, but she's also Sothis, which is technically Rhea's mother. And so Rhea is trying to basically like use these humans in order to um, revive her mom. Yeah, but in my playthrough, like here's the thing: like the Church of Seros, like I, it was always really sketched. Like here, like 
I won't go down that path. Anyway, I was really skeptical of everything she was doing and saying. Like, she was acting really aggressive. They, they definitely hint at it, right? They're yeah. Like, she says some unsettling things at times. Well, she overreacted a lot. Like, someone, she like, we must, you know, basically get rid of all those who oppose the church. And I'm like, well, lady, you need to chill the hell out. But yes. I never obviously had that option to tell her to fuck off. Um, and then it sounds like as Saros, she used the church to revise history for her benefit and prevent people from creating advanced tech and threatening her. And okay. So yeah. Wait. So if, if Rhea doesn't die in your playthrough, mm-hmm. does that mean Byleth still remains as she is? Byleth, um, becomes the archbishop. Well, no. So, um, so when, in my game, uh, you defeat the immaculate one, you kill Rhea in her dragon form. When that happens, you as Byleth collapse, um, and Edelgard like runs to you and she's like, Oh my God, you're dead. Um, but then what happens is like your heart actually starts to beat and you become a human. You're finally like actually just a human instead of this died essentially. So this dies. Yeah, basically. Mm. Um, so actually I think that's actually, I wanted to bring up this question by Kelly B because I think it's an interesting. It, it plays off of this. Um, she asked, do you like how Byleth is more of a traditional RPG character, very akin to Link, and that they have no voice and only small, sparsely worded dialogue choices, or do you wish that they had more of a voice and personality? Well, I felt more connected to Byleth because of this, and I completely understand the decision to make them this way, because obviously you can be male or female. Um, mm-hmm. There were points where I was frustrated with their lack of emotion or even opinions on the events taking place around them. Interested to hear both of your takes on this. So I think that because of this story element we are discussing right now, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you are essentially a shell. Uh, you're not even really a human. You don't have a heartbeat. You are a vehicle for Rhea to get her mother, Sothis, back into reality somehow. Mm-hmm. So your character being mute, basically, with a few word choices that don't actually, like, like are just words and, and you don't hear you, yourself ever speak or really have a voice or a personality, you don't react. It's all very much, to me, part of the story and something that gets... um you know, revealed as you go on. The one thing I would have liked actually to drive this point home more is if at the end of like, so my game, when you do like your, it shows like the heartbeat and like mm. you're human again. If you started, if like maybe oh, you spoke, talks. if she talked oh, there or yeah. if he talks there, that would have been amazing. My mind would have exploded. I would have been like, holy shit. Like, yeah, it would have been so cool. I think that that was possibly a missed opportunity. Um, but otherwise I didn't mind it because of, because of that. Like I think that they played it, they wrote it into the story well enough where it made sense. Yeah. And even, you know, the characters around you're like, you're so emotionless. Your, your face is still as a stone, like that kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I agree. It's, it would have been good to tell Rhea to screw off a few times. Like, and here's the thing in my playthrough, like besides her overreacting when it came to matters of the church, like, Claude was always incredibly skeptical because one of his things is he doesn't like blind faith in gods. So he's very skeptical of that kind of stuff. And so I I liked that about him because I feel like he was the voice of reason when it came to those kind of matters. Um, But she obviously like looking back on it's like, okay, now I know why she was so insistent on like us joining and becoming a professor and why she wanted Gerald to come back so bad. But she was never like super duper crazy but that's probably because i had her mom in me the whole time so she was real nice to me mm-hmm. and i mean same with you but i guess this is the circumstances were different and yeah uh, she was yeah. very nice up until that one point when she got mad and turned into a dragon 
Yeah, yeah, it was crazy because I never saw her do anything like malicious or like try to. She always tried to protect everyone. Some of her lines when she when you make that choice are like uh you're like, whoa, lady, you got some darkness in you. Like it's real messed up. Yeah, and so okay, so this is what's this part that I'm really like excited to talk to you about. So Edelgard. From our perspective, like all I know, and this is why everyone just needed to fucking sit down and have a nice long chit chat about what's going on, why everyone's so mad at each other. Because what was really frustrating to me is I never understood Edelgard's, um, uh, reasonings. Like it was never given to me or never really explained to me. So from my perspective, she was just like trying to stand up for something. I assumed it was something she believed in. I assumed it was something that she thought like something was corrupt and she was trying to do her own like, the lesser of an evil to do what sure. she thought she had to do, but it never, I never got to like have like that yeah, moment. In I the don't game. think you can't really build relationships with the other leaders of the other houses. No, and the game doesn't tell you that. So you know how many times I invited those bastards to tea? Oh, you did. Had, oh yeah, and I had like lunch with them, and oh, I was no, like, I why didn't. aren't they like enjoying? But I think that's really cool that they did that because I did not see any of this coming. It I makes did a have lot a, of sense. Yeah, yeah. But when it came to like Hubert and other guys uh, characters, I had a feeling something. Not only does Hubert look fucking terrifying, dude, but, uh, I thought Hubert was kind of hot in like a Loki sort really? of way. Oh, he no, looks he like Loki. He kind of scared me. He had a redeeming moment in the end, but I he had no ability for me to to increase my um relationship with him. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, well, something's clearly going to happen. But anyway, so from my perspective, Edelgard suddenly becomes like the Flame Emperor. She's associating with Monica, who kills my dad, which yeah. is like really shitty. Yep. And then she's associating with those who slither in the dark who were performing blood rituals and killed all the children in Lysithia's family. And so I'm like, why? No, it definitely like sets her up to be the villain. If you don't, if you don't see her side of the story. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's funny. I accidentally spoiled the flame emperor reveal for myself Mm. and I was pissed about it. So like I was looking for a gameplay guide for a dungeon, like the one with one of the um, puzzle dungeons that come Mm. up. Not a dungeon, but whatever levels. Uh, yeah. And in the fucking, I don't know even know why it was in there. Like that has nothing to do with it. Uh, it's just like, by the way, Edelgard's the Flame Emperor, and no. I was like, I was like, what? Like, are you serious? Why would why? you? Why would you do that? Um, but then when I had that lens, mm-hmm. actually watching the cutscenes was fascinating because it, even if you watch it, like the Flame Emperor is pissed at like Monica and the other people for doing what they did. And is like, get out of here. Like, I don't get out of my sight. Basically, like you're, you're gone. And like, it's because she knows you and it has a relationship with you um. uh, and knows your dad. It's like, it's just kind of interesting to see it when you, if you go back through and play again, um, watch the cutscenes with the flame emperor because she's always, she's never like crossing any sort of weird, in my opinion, lines that would make it horrifying. And if you play with her, you get a lot more backstory into why she's doing what she's doing and how she gets roped into those other slithering in the dark people. So, cause I was looking into it. So it looks like those who slither, I had them as slithers in my note cause I'm too fucking lazy. They did experiments on Crescent Crestones, blah, blah, blah. They manipulated Foldland's leaders and a thousand years after Nemesis defeat, they experimented on the children of Emperor Ionis the Ninth, which is Edelgard's dad who had like 11 kids. Yes. So they could create a leader they could control. So did they manipulate her? So Edelgard and Lysithia have similar stories in the sense that they were both sort of tortured with a bunch of brothers and sisters for do like they did experiments on them in order to try and add 
more crests. Does she have so two crests? She has two crests. Oh, so does um, Lysithia. She has, oh. she has the crest of flames, which you also have. So oh. your crests match. Um, and so, yeah, so, so they did all sorts of like screwed up things to her. She lost all of her siblings. Um, and it's her uncle that is one of the creepy people. Um, and so it's sort of one of those things where she has to very slyly manage the situation like you can't mm-hmm. full force attack them yet because they are very powerful so oh, that's okay. why she works with them as the flame emperor because she's like this is kind of the only option i have right now while we I, she has two enemies right mm-hmm. she has the church which is led by a dragon monster and she has her uncle and all of the screwed up people who are corrupt trying to like control the world that way again um so she's like basically has to strategically take one enemy out at a time so she uses one to take out the other which is why she works with them in the first place and then you do take them out too like it in the whatever the post the aftermath Mm -hmm. whatever it says like yes then you take care of those who slither in the dark so like she doesn't just like let them be (laughs) interesting Um, yeah yeah because Okay, so I guess my question is, does she, does she ever talk about why she doesn't come to any of the other students with this information? Why she keeps it to herself? Or is that just, like, because the game had to be designed that way for dramatic effect? You mean, like, why she doesn't tell Claude or why she doesn't tell Dimitri? Yeah, because it sounds like Claude and her kind of would have, like, the same goals. So Yeah, it, I don't... Yeah, that part, I don't know. I think Dimitri wouldn't. I think Dimitri is... Oh, he's crazy. Too, yeah, he's a, he's a little... Uh, <clears throat> woohoo. And... Claude, I, I felt bad. So what's interesting is, so I had a whole bunch of coworkers also playing this game. We've all been discussing and somebody uh, else also picked black Eagles also did the same thing I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he got, so later on in the game, you, you, I mean, you, you basically have to attack and, and kill your old friends. One of those levels is with Claude. I didn't have this option. He randomly did. I still don't know why he got this option. He got the option to let Claude go. Mm-hmm. to like just let him be and i was like i had no option i had to kill him weird yeah i saw that you have an option right either you let him go and then he goes off to become king of Almira, or you you kill him and then when you let him go you get all of the um alliance right he's yeah. like take the alliance so yeah. like but he <laughs> i didn't have the option i just had to i just killed him that's so uh, weird it was so I weird why. and i don't know why because up until that point i thought he and i had done everything similarly i wonder did you do all of the uh Oh, that what were they called? The the side missions that you would do on the battlefield. Yep, yep I did. Huh. It was super weird. I don't know why I didn't get the option. And also, the only other, the only person who allows you to recruit them after the time skips, so far as as I know, is Lysithia, mm. uh, who we lovingly called Listerine sometimes. Listerine. <laughs> she has a crazy name. Um, and she was like, "Wait, don't kill me. I'll come with you." And I was like, "Sure, cool, dope. Come on, join us." Yeah. Let's go. Uh, but I had to kill pretty much everyone else. So actually, uh, that kind of brings us into this other question from our lovely uh, listener, Exelgender. How did you feel when you had to kill a student from another house or a staff member? I chose the Black Eagles and decided to help Edelgard. So killing Dudu, Ingrid, and Catherine was really tough. But I love the feel of regret for not picking them up uh, beforehand to join my party. Oh, boy. That was really... That was really hard for me. Um, I, so like I said, the only two people that I didn't, uh, recruit were Ferdy and Ash. And obviously the other guys you can't recruit. But, um, when I saw Ash in that first battle, 
I was like, oh no, I, I did everything in my power to not even like hurt him. I like stayed away from him because I was hoping that maybe if I did save him, like we could have a conversation later and he could be like, yo, let me like join your party. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, the one character that I did have to kill obviously was, was Ferdy. Um, and that was like tough. You had to kill him because it was part of the, the, um, the, the, the requirements to finish the battle. And then I think it was Hubert. Yep. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it was really interesting because I, like I said, I recruited almost no one. I only recruited Sylvain and then Listerine later. And so, and I, but I did get, uh, I didn't get Catherine. I got, um, Shamir and mm. the other two professors. And, and I Wella. did get, I did get Flane, but Flane leaves. Like Flane, um, at the, if you choose Edelgard, oh, sure. she'll go back and she'll be with Seth, her brother. Or, spoiler alert, her father. Um, yeah. and <laughs> she, I felt like that one felt really bad because I wanted to be like, oh, we were friends and like you're also a little girl and I just straight girl. She a, ain't no little girl. That's Seth Lean. What? She's Seth. She's Seth Lean, one of the four saints. She is, but in my game that was not revealed. I mean, it was hinted at, but not yeah, fully revealed. She, she knows uh, what she's doing. But yeah, she's, no. and so yeah, and I was like, well, bye, bye. <laughs> Take an axe God. to the face. I would have, I, I mean, I'm just so happy that I played the way I did because I, I did take the time to level people, not because I wanted to use them, but because I wanted to see all of their character interactions. Mm. And the, a really quick way for me to do that besides the, um, the lunches that you could do and whatnot is just to throw everyone in battle, put it on autoplay, auto battle, and just like mash the start button. So it just goes boom, 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 boom. And then after that, I would have like 20 different dialogues that I have to like go through and watch. Yes. But, um, Man, like I had, I just got really lucky because I had no idea that this was going to be a thing. And I just happened to talk to people and they'd be like, okay, they need more charisma and more skills with this. And then I would just happen to randomly like focus on that. And then I would take people to tea. And then they were like, we want to join. Like everyone was like, I want to join your school, your class. I want to join. I want to join. I was like, yes, you do. Yes. Come with me, my child. Come with me, my child. Um, I know. I was sad when you said you had to kill Claude. I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I I had to kill literally everyone. The only person I, so I didn't have to kill Catherine, uh, because she was only available to really kill at the very last battle where I was fighting, uh, the immaculate one. And I just, I was like, I'm just going to ignore her. She was like kind of off in the, on the side. And I just went straight up the middle and, took out the dragon and she was like coming up to me like slowly moving up but she didn't make it there in time so technically she's still alive oh there you go that's a nice and i was like thanks Catherine. like wow because you seemed cool like we didn't we didn't have to be enemies uh but bye oh my god so ingrid i regretted not recruit so there's uh sergey asks like which character did you uh not recruit that you regretted not recruiting Mm. post time skip mostly because you have to kill them so Sergei, uh, I regret Ingrid the most only because she was the hardest one to kill. <laughs> and so I was on the plane. Um, I was flying off to a work trip this past week and I had my Bose like audio mm-hmm. headphones on, like uh, noise canceling headphones on. So I don't know actually sounds oh, outside no. of what I'm making. And I'm going through and I've been so over leveled cause I'm crazy and I just over level like six to seven levels before uh, above what I need to be and going through having an easy time. It's okay. It's okay. Oh my God. Ingrid shows up. She kills Sylvain in one shot. I audibly gasp. I go (gasps) like, I just like 
like have like such a visceral reaction yeah. to Sylvain all of a sudden oh, dying because no. like no one has died. And great, I don't have it on permadeath, but right. I was still just shocked. Yeah. In general, and I like just made a like a guttural noise. <laughs> and um and the girl sitting next to me who I also work with and uh, another girl sitting behind me who I also work with were like, "Are you okay? What's happening?" <laughs> like, what's going on? And I was like, "No, what what? I'm I, I'm fine. I just uh, Sylvain died." And they were like, "What?" Uh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, they were like, Oh, oh! Uh, you know, and that makes me so sad because their relationship, Sylvain and Ingrid's relationship is really fun. They're childhood friends oh, who no. just like, yeah, they were her, um, Sylvain and Felix are all childhood friends. And so like, these are the fun things that you reveal when you do get to see all these character interactions and how Sylvain like flirted with her grandma when he was young, like these little funny, silly yeah. things. And it's like, if you don't know that, it just makes it even more heartbreaking. <sighs> yes. So, uh, but yeah, she was, she was the toughest one to take down. Yeah. She was dodging everything. She was She's like one shotting everything. I was like, Oh my God, girl, I wish you were on my squad. You're really oh, good. Yeah. She's real good. Leonie is also real good. They're all so much fun. And that's like the thing is every character is so different and unique and getting to know them. Like I've been, I finished this game a couple weeks ago, so I was a little rusty. So I was doing some, some reminding and I'm like reading every name. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it sounds cheesy, but it feels like those are people I've known for a while. Cause they're so different and they each have their own unique personality. Like I just said, and it's, it's pretty cool that these people are written so incredibly well and I want more content after I finished this game. I literally went into like a one and a half day depression. Yes. Like what do I do with Yeah, I definitely had a, okay. I, I put, I, I, I don't know. I put it down now. I put it down. It's like, what do I do now? (laughs) I don't know what to do. So how did Dimitri die in your game? I killed him. Okay. So basically, um, there's a few battles that happen. uh, And it's, we defeat Rhea as a human. Um, She just like runs it with the Knights of Saros on the side and we like easily take her out. And then she's like, and then Dimitri's like, you retreat. And she's like, okay. And she does. Uh, and then we just straight up kill Dimitri. Um, he's just like, they're basically, we're trying to invade the capital. Uh, yeah. and he brings his forces out in front of the capital to prevent, um, destruction to the city. But then Rhea just sets the whole city on fire anyway. She goes full like dragon queen. That's, that's crazy that she did that. Yes. It she is sets crazy. The whole city on fire. She sets what the, the whole hell? city on fire. She's- She's crazy in your game. She's literally like Daenerys. Like, it's crazy. She's Um, crazy in your game. That bitch is crazy. Um, Dimitri in my game. So it was at the class reunion, you know, where they're all three. Like, did you get that? No, because there is no, I mean, I was like, I was so confused. Um, so again, another coworker is playing this game and she was like, yeah, at the second, you know, at the second battle at the reunion. And I was like, oh, what? What are you talking about? And she was like, the reunion battle. And I was like, what yeah. what reunion battle like because if when you branch off as Edelgard like no one talks to you anymore you right. are you are the pariahs like at this point and you, there is no reunion no one <laughs> no one's like, greeting you <laughs> no one's greeting you at the door like you take over Garrick Mock and like no one there everyone there is like part of your army and that's it like no one no one wants to talk to you so there is no reunion that's they so all sad. think you're crazy. So That's so sad. There, there is no, there is none of that. So Dimitri, so I had the the battle at the reunion, and I don't know. I don't think I killed Dimitri, or I did attack him, and he retreated, or Edelgard, someone retreated. 
And then we're all having like this conversation. Like no one was dead at that point. It was just like the golden deer all just like chit chatting. And then sure. Hilda comes running up and she's like, Oh my God, I just saw Dimitri being killed. He was surrounded by, I don't know who, and they were all holding spikes. And oh my God, it was so terrible to see. And I was like, I don't believe it. Like, like they killed him off camera. Yeah. Like they, they killed him off camera. Apparently he went in the woods chasing after Edelgard and he got caught by like her guards he got, got. <laughs> he got caught yeah and they're all like poking at him apparently with like spikes she said like it was horrible but i'm like but really so that's why i didn't actually believe he was dead until then it showed did you um saying your highness i will avenge you and then he shows up when my final fight with edelgard he showed up and he wanted to kill her but oh and that was the thing is i got to her as byleth and the like the most terrible cutscene plays out because at this point I the player know this is just one huge mis misunderstanding in the sense sure. that like I don't really like Ray either like I never had my alliance was with the Golden Deer oh, I want when I there's a weird noise happening do what is it I don't know what's it sound like like <laughs> is it in your headphones no oh, I hear I'm it I hear if it's it. my fan I can barely I think hear my it. fan might be. On the fritz? On the fritz. Okay. Do you want to power through it or do you want to no, shut No, we'll it power off? through it. It's fine. Okay. I, was just okay. I was just concerned for a minute. I was like, what is I don't, that? I mean, if you get abducted by aliens, it'd be real sad. That would so be anyway, bad. so I get up to Edelgard as Byleth and me, like I said, as a player, I'm like, okay, this is one big misunderstanding. I don't like Rhea as, you know, the time skip. I'm aligned with Golden Deer. Like, let's just like chat about this. Yeah. And so I'm walking up to Edelgard and now it's like this anime cutscene. Have you seen this one? No. And Byleth is like walking up to her and Edelgard's like crouching and she's like, you have to kill me. You have to kill me to like do what you got to do, whatever, whatever. And then Edelgard was saying something like, I didn't want to make an enemy of you. And as she's something like that. And as she's saying that, Byleth is holding up the sword and then she just like smacks it down and then the scene just goes black. And then I knew at that point she had just literally probably cut Edelgard in half. Yikes. And I audibly gasped as well. I was like, oh my god, like, did you seriously just do that? And you should watch it. It's pretty powerful. And yeah. I kind of, and that was a part where I was really fr frustrated is I feel like no one asked Edelgard, why are you doing this? Like, all we know is that she appears to have made some pretty bad decisions, but I feel like someone who seemed relatively stable before all the shit hit the fan, there's probably something going on. Yes. Um, and that was kind of a frustrating thing because I would have loved if she would have you know, told us why she was doing what she was doing. And then I, me as the player could have made the decision what route I wanted to go. But then I know that gets real complicated because the storylines are already so branching, but yeah, that yeah. was intense. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, intense. And I it's do wish in. that I wish, like, I don't think Dimitri would again have ever gone for it. Even if like, I don't think he would ever listen to Edelgard, but I do think Claude would have. I think you're right on that. I think that that would yeah. make sense to give them maybe an option or two to kind of join, join Root. But and yeah. if we wanted to talk to her, but apparently she like didn't. I don't know what happened. It was people are. I get it. You have to be right. Characters are stubborn for the sake of story. Otherwise, it just gets too complicated. But um, yeah, I think Dimitri was just a lost cause. He uh, yes, it's I would agree interesting with that. how someone so straight laced or appeared to be just like completely went cuckoo bananas. And I'd be interested to replay his story, but I just don't or play his story. I just don't have the time. Yes, um, we have a few story questions. Do you want to pick one of those? Yeah. Well, you want to pick it because you're like the queen of picking. Oh well, <laughs> I'm the queen of picking. Congratulations, Simer. Um, so I think that this is a a good a good point, Charles. Um, 
asks, one of my favorite aspects of the game is how different an impression of the world you get dependent on your playthrough. The world presented by Edelgard is very different than the one you see with Claude. And it's not because one character is lying or manipulating you. It's just their point of view. I really appreciated this aspect of storytelling. What did you ladies think? I think that's a really good point that Mm -hmm. similar to what you said, Britt, like, um, you, Claude just has only a, a smaller viewpoint of like what Edelgard is doing. Whereas I had more of, of a breadth of scope of like what was going on. Um, so it was just like the different perspectives of different mm-hmm. people, not necessarily like right versus wrong or anything like that. Um, you just get to kind of see more, um, in, in at least with black eagles. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the stories do vastly differ. Like in yours, Rhea burns everything to shit. So it's not necessarily the exact same story that yes. every character gets, but it's still, uh, I just wish everyone was sat down and had a conversation. That's all I wanted. Yeah. What's also, um, inter- so, uh, Vincent, this is a quicker, a quick little question. So Simer, I assume you know about the two different routes for, bre- for black Eagles. I do indeed. Uh, <laughs> do you want to see the other path? I feel Edelgard's path is the one true path and I don't even want to know how things would be different in the other path. So Vincent, um, I do actually know that, the other path, which is when you join with Rhea and you go against Edelgard uh, in, with Black Eagles, you actually learn the most about Byleth and her backstory. That's like the way mm-hmm. you get to know all of the stuff that Brittany brought up earlier. Yeah, it's kind of like a watered down version of the Golden Deer path is what I've heard. Yeah. So that's how you kind of you just yeah, you get to yeah. know everything that that happens that way. Uh, I also agree. I don't I couldn't do it. Um, especially after seeing her turn into a weird freaky dragon and being crazy. Um, I was like, look, my girl, my girl Edelgard. Plus I still, I know you say Hubert creeps you out. I really like Hubert. And I just, I felt I couldn't go against him. I was like, no, he did have a redeeming quality when he, after you kill him, he and Shambhala, I think it was one of the places. Anyway, he gives you a letter and he's like, if you're getting this, it's because I'm dead. But someone has to know how to kill those who slither in the dark. And this is basically like where you go or how you find them. And this is what you do. So without his help. And when I got that, I was like, damn it. Like he and Edelgard were good people, man. They, they were, good were people. you know, good people, sometimes bad tactics. Yeah. That's uh, true. So that's kind of, you know, how it goes sometimes. That's true. Yeah. But I was, I'm, I mean, I, I think this is so fascinating because if you were to ask Steimer, I'm sure she would say like, she's very happy she went with the Black Eagle route and she wouldn't change that. And for me, I'm like so happy I went with the Golden Deer route and I wouldn't change that because I feel like the story I got was complete and like the right side of the story and I got the very best ending. And then I'm sure if you asked Steimer the same thing, she would say the same thing for Black Eagle. So it's just fascinating how they managed to tell very similar stories that aren't the exact same, but to build such an allegiance with these uh, schools, because I, I probably won't play this game again as much as I want to. I just don't have the time to do yeah, it. Even we, though yes, you have like have, new game plus, but yeah. Um, yeah. Something we haven't touched on that is very us that I feel like we need to. Oh yeah. Stick Raven, it in, stick it in. Raven has brought up. Hello, Steinbachers. Who would you bang after oh. the five year time skip? And oh. who would you let die? So first of all, who did you marry? Uh, uh, Claude. Oh, okay. Fair enough. It, it was easy. It was easy, easy decision. I was trying to get in his pants like the whole time. I married Sylvain because obviously nice. Cla- Claude's not an option for me. Because yeah. um, you killed him, you monster. I did. I didn't want to kill him. The game wouldn't let me do anything else. But yeah, so I, I married Sylvain. Um, I thought about marrying Hubert for a minute. <laughs> Cause again, like I, th- I have a, I have a Loki thing. So like oh the green God. eyes and like the black 
droopy hair i was like okay i'll see you i see you you <laughs> guy with the high cheekbones sort of gout boots look. with the fur a gout look yeah like i don't know he he's i sort of sort of had a thing for him um it's so funny but so definitely would bang sylvain would definitely have banged claude if i didn't okay well, let's go down the list because i have i have the list of characters here okay great okay let's go through the first of all the professors so you have manuela hanneman uh catherine and shamir shamir's not a professor nor is catherine but they no, count they are like sort of so, yeah, oh my god, people. did you, did you see all of Manuela's, um, friendship? Dude, Manuela things? is like, girl needs to get it together. It's I, fine to be single. I don't know why everyone needs to freak out. She, she's the best. She was always like getting drunk and I, I loved her. She was great. I would not bang her though. I will say no. she's hot, but I wouldn't bang her. Um, so Hanneman, also I think we mm-hmm. should be talking like post time skip when they're all older. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. so that's just what we're going to be basing this off, off of in case you are wondering. Um, because you, would, I would definitely bang post time skip Ash. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get a, um, I have a, I have a sheet up. It's like Annette. She's cute. Okay. Let me get the, okay. Here we go. Okay. So, well, I'm at, where, what website are you at? So we're looking at this. I'm at one. VG247. Okay, hold on. Cause I want to make sure we're looking at the thing. I just looked, Fire Emblem Three Houses Time Skip Character Designs. Okay. Oh, oh wow. You, you went like real detail. Okay. Yeah. Time Skip Character Designs. Okay. I think my thing just like froze again. No. Okay, here we go. Okay, it starts with Annette, right? Yes. Okay. I, so Annette. I liked Annette. I think she is a brave young lass. And We're talking she was about bangable. Re- Are you going to bang her? Oh, no. But she was really fucking cute with Felix. Yes. Like, really, I'm really, also really not going to bang her. No. Ash would hit one. 10 out of 10. Yes, would hit. Bernadetta, would hit. no, I'm sorry. But sorry. What's up with her haircut time skip? I don't post- like her hair. Her hairstyle is better before the time skip. No, the it really is. is. not. It looks bad. Yeah. Um, to do, honestly, yeah, I'd hit it and quit oh, it. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely. Uh, Dimitri, no, sorry. Oh, no, I would. I totally would, man. Blind, I, crazy man. No, yeah. no, I would be too scared. Like that something bad would happen. It's okay. You just, I mean, I, here's the thing. It's like, well, hmm. yeah, you don't ever, I would risk it. I would oh, risk you it. would risk it for the biscuit. I w- <laughs> 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 yeah, I would. <laughs> okay. Dorothea, oh. yes. Oh, yeah. Isn't she the only female that can be romanced by No, Edelgard? you can also romance Edelgard. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Caspar, yeah. Um, yeah, I would. Oh, dude, yeah. He's he is really fun. His voice kind of annoys me a little his bit. His voice like, is annoying, so like I would need to put a sock in his mouth. But otherwise, <laughs> good to go. <laughs> I like his hair. Yeah, I would hit it. Claude, one hundred percent yes. Oh, I, I did hit it. Oh my god. So good. But I don't like and I don't like the the pre like weird rat tail in the front. I don't yeah, like that. Yeah, the braid. I I'm wondering yeah. Yeah. But he loses that in the time skip, which is very he, oh he loses that and gains so much more. Oh my god, so much like yeah, the little the little bit of facial hair. Mm-hmm. Oh no, oh, mm-hmm. he's he's great. It's that I all Myron jeans, man. Yeah, very good. Uh Cyril, no, good. also you're still a child. I, yeah, he even though he's like twenty one in that post skip, there's I no way he can't be twenty one. He's like ten in the He's like <laughs> So I he's like sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, that's too 16. young. That's too young. He's still a child. No, thank yeah. you. Um Edelgard, yes. Yes. She's got, like, look, she's fucking cool. She's beautiful. She's just cool. Felix, I don't love his hair. Oh, dude. I would do terrible things to Felix. I would do terrible things to Felix with the hair from the first, from, like, the man bun. Because I just don't know what's happening with his hair in the, in the post-time skip. It's a it's weird... It's a weird ponytail. Is it a... Po- 
ponytail. Like it's weird. I don't, it's too bizarre. I, can't. I was trying to like examine it, and it looks like it's either like it's like a weird ponytail that almost looks like it's just like a little rat tail that's up too high. But it's, yeah, it's like it's like only he only put a part of his hair in the ponytail. Yeah, he took like a side chunk and put that in, sort of eighties style, and then the rest of it is just swept over top. And I'm not down. I'm not well, down with just, this hair. Group. I think it's I, I think it's just because he doesn't give a fuck, and I like that. I don't care. Put it back in a man bun. The man bun is infinitely better than whatever this is. <laughs> Um, Ferdinand, I don't know if I would, because Ferdinand seems like he wouldn't be very good in bed. I, I know he would, he would be too, he would start crying and he'd be too concerned about it. Yeah, I don't, Um, I don't think I could do it. I, I only had one interaction with him at tea or one friendship interaction with him. And all he did was talk about Edelgard the whole time. And then when I killed him, he was just talking about Edelgard the whole time. So like, I'm good. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's probably for the best. Yeah. Hilda, I never talked to, so I... She's she's a very... I think she's one of the strongest characters just because she's so incredibly well-written. She's really witty. She's really gossipy. She's really manipulative, but not in a bad way. Like, And what I mean is she's like... She's good at getting everyone to do everything she wants. Um, She's really funny, and all of her conversations with the characters are just hilarious. So I would. I would never want to think serious. She's too lazy. Yeah. I don't... She seems cute. I don't know. Sure. yeah, she's good. Um, she's really good with the next. Hubert, yes. Even though he's sort of similar to Ferdinand, he'd be talking about Edelgard the whole time. I wouldn't care. I would do, yeah, definitely post-time skip Hubert because, like, obviously he's of age. And also, like, he just doesn't look as terrible. Like, the, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I like Hubie. Um, Ignatz, no. Sorry. I, uh, okay. I think I would just because he, obviously he was in my class and he was like a little tiny, like scared child. And then he like kind of grows up into like the super he still badass. seems too young, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. Like he, he's like the same age as the other ones, but yeah, he's a, uh, he just I think looks like a baby. Is, I think just no, dude, when he takes off his glasses though, he takes off his glasses <laughs> for a couple scenes and you're like, Oh, hello, Harry Potter. And you're like, Ooh, hello. Sir. Yeah. I would, I would hit Ignatz. Would you hit Ingrid? Oh Yeah. She's a badass. Like, yes, she is also a badass. She needs to loosen up a little bit. She's a kind of an uptight character, but um, she has her reasons, but I, I would like to. I, I, I have respect for her. Yes. Same. Linhart, eh. He's eh. too lazy. Like, all he wants to do is sleep. I don't think he'd be very good in bed. No, um, no. Lorenz would also be annoying as hell. <laughs> like, I just, just know. Absolutely he, not. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, here's the thing. Lorenz is a, he, he's a good guy. He, when you see like the, the S levels and the A levels he has with people, you can tell he actually really does care. And in the end, he's like, I've learned that nobility doesn't mean anything. It's just about the people. And he's really a stand up dude, but I just can't get past the hair. I just, the can't. hair is bad. I like that he has an asymmetrical thing going on later though. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right. Um, Leonie. No, Leone, she's, she's cool and she's really badass and strong and she gets shit done and people are scared of her, but she's too, I don't know what she is. It's, I just don't like that me. she was like obsessed with your dad. I feel like that would be a weird thing. Well, because he, he no, I know, to, I know oh, why. I'm just, I, yeah, I know why. I just don't like it. Okay. That's fair. It would be strange. I don't, yeah. yeah no, thank you. Lysithia is still too young to me. Um, yeah. But I, she I would is pass cool. on her. Yeah, she's great, but like, nah. Uh, Marianne, no, she seems too timid. Same, with, Mer- Same with Mercedes, no. no. Marianne, get her in bed, guarantee. She's really? probably like freaky deaky. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Look fair. at her. I don't know. Her and Mercedes that would be a pass for me. I don't. I wouldn't hit Mercedes. And but I don't Petra, hit everyone. Oh mm, yeah. Petra, hell yeah. Oh no, Petra's amazing. Petra's the greatest, and I'm so glad I had her in my class. Oh yeah, she's great. She was one of my favorite characters too. 
Yeah, she was, she's absolutely, she's one of the greatest characters in the game. Isn't she? I think so. I think so too. I think they did such a good job writing her. And despite her broken Fodlin English, whatever language it was, like, yeah. she is still so interesting and she has such a fun personality. It was great. She's fantastic. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvain. Oh, yada. yes. Oh my God. Up and down. Raphael, yeah. I'd be a little scared of because he's so big. <laughs> I feel like he might accidentally hurt you. Yeah, I think he's uh, all brawn, no brain, but he has a heart of gold. That's yeah, for sure. he's very nice, but I feel like I would be a little too afraid I, to engage. I would there. try it. So basically, I would bang everyone but like three people. Who would you let die? Um, oh. Lorenz, I would let. I know you have more background on him, but I didn't care for him. Lorenz, I'd let die. I mean, granted, I killed all these people, but uh, Ignatz, I'd probably let die. Oh, he just wants to be an artist. I don't care. You're dead. Uh, uh, Dimitri, duh. He's crazy. Uh, and that's probably it. I would kill probably Ferdy because, like, I already killed him once. And yeah, right Ferdy's now. a decent one to pick, to be quite honest yeah. with you. I mean, is he interesting at all? Uh, he gets better, but, like, there was definitely a time when I wanted to kick him out because he was just so annoying and, like, Edelgard, Edelgard, Edelgard. And I was like, like shut up about Edelgard. Like she's, yeah, he's just always trying to compete with her and he's not as good and he's just, oh my God. It was, he gets, he gets grading. Yeah. I think the, uh, one of the, not biggest disappointments, but it was kind of a bummer deal is, you know, in the other Fire Emblem games, you get to marry people like almost whenever you want in the game i feel like and then you get to start having kids with them and then their kids can like join your party obviously because this is a much more controlled like story and the kids are kids and they become adults you couldn't do that so i was really excited for the uh ending with claude and obviously like the ending scene is like super cute he's like clutching you and he's like i gotta go but i'll be back you know but like he never says anything about getting married and even in the epilogue it never says anything about them getting married it just says about them unifying Fodlin and Almira because he's obviously the king of Almira and you are the archbishop of Fodlin and that like he saves your ass but it's never like and they got married and had kids or anything like that and I thought that yeah. was kind of an anticlimactic like way to end it but I think I was mostly just looking for more build up to it because it kind of felt like you have one moment with that person at the goddess tower. Yeah. Um, and, and then six years later, you maybe can marry them. Uh, and that to me was, I was like, I wish there was at least flirting options or something to make it feel a little more fluid and like natural into this relationship. Cause really Sylvain's out here hitting on everybody, anything that moves. And then 10 minutes later to me is like, do you want to get married? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure, but not? never, never cheat on me, or I will kill you. Oh yeah! Uh, and then he's like, "All right, dope. Let's get to, let's get married." And so we yeah. get married and like do all this stuff. And that's a cute little scene. Yeah, I agree. It, it would have been nice to see more of like a granted. Like I get it. Like this is a romantic game, but it would have been cool to see more of that, or at least spaced out more. I know certain um, character interactions can't be unlocked until you hit a certain point in the game. Yep. But like for me, I had Claude's S rank unlocked for a while, but it's like I had to wait until like the very end to see that. And it was like in the meantime, it was like, okay, I guess we're going to act like we don't exist. But if you think about like a Mass Effect game, right? Like you do have those extra flirty options and the, that would have been cool. I know they're vastly different games, but pipe dream. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I think we've spoiled the shit out of this. Any final thoughts? 
uh, let me look through this really quickly see if there's any questions that uh, no I think we kind of covered everything yeah yep it'll be good yeah if you want to you know comment on the spoiler cast in the comments just maybe be do a nice thing and put spoilers before you start talking about the spoilers because you know people read the comments and stuff and we don't want them to get this awesome game spoiled before it's their time yes yes well damn I feel so much better <laughs> that was great I am it was good to like hear your perspective on everything about um, Black Eagles. I'm still happy that I went with Golden Deer, but at least like I have some more respect for Elgar now and like her wacky decisions that were not portrayed in the best way to me. So, yeah, like, no, that make, that's totally fair. That's, Given the yeah. perspective you had, yeah. that's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like we said at the end of the last segment, it is PAX week, so make sure you stop on by if you're going to be in town and say hi, high five. Don't awkwardly smell Steimer. Like we talked about during Correct. the advertisement, because that's just a kind of a weird thing to do. Yeah, please know. Yeah, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Steinbachers. I believe next week the plan is to upload our PAX West panel as the podcast. So unless anything goes horribly wrong, we'll be taking next week off for a little R and R, and we'll be uploading our panel. And if something does go horribly wrong, we'll be back with another podcast next week. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! Woo! All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and watching at youtube.com slash games. And we'll see you next week.